Blog Talk Radio.
to this open forum tonight. How are you and yours doing tonight? How is the human family doing tonight? Well, I want to thank you for your time, brothers and sisters. I know I do it every week, but I really, truly mean it. Tonight is open forum. What does that mean? That means that we are discussing any and everything that's on your hearts. Many of you have a lot of things on your hearts and some even on your spirit. We're talking about it tonight. We're sharing about it tonight. Not just to be talking, but we are talking about it tonight in a way that hopefully brings solutions, that hopefully brings some clarity. Not that we know it all. Not that our panelists know it all. That's a joke. But I tell you what, we know someone that know it all. And yes, he do speak today through human beings. And we hope and pray in Shua's name that he does that, that he smile upon us tonight. We acknowledge you, O Most High. And we ask you to reign upon us tonight with wisdom, knowledge, and insight because we truly need you in this world. And while I'm at it, Father, I just thank you for the ability to produce these shows and to go out to the people and to talk about things we know for sure. And I just ask that you would help us, your word, where it regards to answers. Help us to speak your word as regards to answers. In Yeshua's name, help us, help us to just speak those words that we know is from you. Folks, I don't mean to scare anybody with praying, but uh, just a little short prayer there, just to acknowledge the Most High. The scripture says, acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your path. And we are serious tonight about these blogs, about doing blogs right here on the Five Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. I'm the creator of the Five Stone Network, and I'm going to tell you right now, I am very, very, very serious about what's going on in our world, what's going on in our country, what's going on in our state, what's going on in our city, and what's going on in our homes. Um, I'm very serious, folks. And you better be, too, because guess what? The enemy is not playing with us. He ain't playing with us, folks. So as I play this little anthem of ours in the background, I just want to just say greetings and shalom to all of the Israelites scattered out the four corners. The Father Most High, as you know, was upset with you because of your forefathers' rebellion. Actually, was upset with your forefathers, and he said that. He would scatter their seed, and you find yourselves all throughout this world, in America, in Europe, all throughout Australia, and through the Isles, seas, and many of you listen because we've seen you. We've noted there's over 30 countries listening to this show, even as I speak. So we want to say shalom, hello, greetings, and just know that we have you in mind as we do this show. Like I say, some of you are even in India and China because the Bible says that he would scatter us to the four corners. And more importantly, even history talks about these scattered uh, children of Israel. I mean, they're everywhere, folks. I've done research and had the, the um, opportunity to travel to 24 countries and see some eyeball to eyeball, especially in India. They're there. People keeping uh, the Shabbat. And remember, 
He says, I will cause the members of you to cease. So a lot of them don't even know who they are. So that curse there, that prophecy fulfilled, they don't even know the Israel. But they have ways of Hebrew. Like they may be keeping the Shabbat. They may be worshiping on Saturday. I may, they may be doing some other things. They pray towards the east. You know, the Muslims is not the first one that prayed towards the east, brothers and sisters. Our forefather, Solomon, built a temple and they asked the father, whenever we, his children, Israelites, were scattered in captivity or wherever they be, even out of captivity, when they face this temple, Solomon prayed, hear them. So we believe, we believe, we believe there are people all throughout our world, even before 1948, the so-called Jewish nation, there were people observing many things where the Israelites uh, 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 was, was familiar with, customs and traditions. Thank you. So, um, talking to my wife there, brothers and sisters. So anyway, tonight is open form, and I just want to welcome Again, Israel in the diaspora. Well, if you're not a Jew or not an Israelite, and you're from any other ethnic group, I want to welcome you equally. This is the Love Channel. We try to operate in love for all people. It may seem like tough love, and uh, make no qualms about it. We are for our people first, uh, the Jew first. Salvation to the Jew first is the way the scriptures say, but then it say to the Gentiles. And so, of course, the Father wanted the whole planet and not just this little family called Israel. So we have the heart of the Father tonight, and we welcome you 100%. Please feel free to share what's on your heart or spirit, as I was saying earlier. All right? Folks, follow us. I can't say it enough. Follow us, follow us, follow us, follow us, follow us. Okay? Then you get messages sent directly to your email or Facebook or however way you set it up with uh, Blog Talk. And also share this episode if you're blessed by it. And it really, really uh, make you free with the truth. You know, the truth make us free. If it makes you free, brothers and sisters, share it. Why keep the blessing to yourself? Share it. Tell others about Five Smooth Stone Network. All right? And what is the Five Smooth Stone Network? It's just a network of brothers and sisters that is um, really, really um, trying to help our people. It's just that simple. And somebody said my mic is low, so I'm going to try to get closer to it. Hopefully, y'all can hear me better. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I hear it. It sounds pretty good. So, anyway, that person in the chat room, hopefully, you can turn your mic up. Uh, brothers and sisters, if you missed last Monday's show, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, very very good show talking about current events we was all over the place talking about different things that's relating to you and your family check out our shows on mondays we're now on sunday nights monday nights and thursday nights sunday nights monday nights and thursday night if you miss monday night show you missed the treat we had on uh, our guest uh, troy who's with us again tonight um, he's a guest co-host, and we had on um, uh, some of our co- a regular co-hosts, and they was firing away at a lot of, of what's going on in our world, and uh, I was just so blessed by that show. You know, sometimes I go back and listen to these shows a second time. Well, all the time I do because I'm listening for 
technical things and so forth. But I, I'm so blessed. I was so blessed. Remember, you can get all of my shows by simply Googling Five Swoops on Blog Talk Radio. Again, Five Swoops on Blog Talk Radio. You can get all of our shows and just, just simply pick the one that blesses you the most, all right? Um, I think I've covered everything pretty much. I'm going to go ahead and go to the phone lines, put on a little music. <laughs> Okay, first in the house, we're going to go to do something a little different. We're going to go to somebody that hasn't been around for a while, and that is the one and only Pastor Alcee Chris, all the way in Fort Worth. Pastor Chris, it is good to see you in the house. Go ahead and say hello to the people and how to get a hold of you. Hello, people. Uh, good evening. I want to thank you, uh, Seth, for calling me to get make sure that I got on tonight. Um, I want to say to all the other co-hosts, good evening. And whatever I can do to, you know, add to the conversation, I will. Well, let everybody know how to get a hold of you. Uh, my, my phone number is 682-552-8465. Once again, 682 552 8465. I'm a pastor at the Alathea Temple Church. It's on 2700 Village Creek here in Fort Worth. All right. That's Pastor Chris, everybody. It's good to have you back, brother. Several people asked about you, so it's good to have you back. Uh, go to another familiar person. It's new but not new, and that is um, Brother uh, Minister Purcell Pache, all the way in the state of Ohio. Uh, Purcell, your line is open. Welcome back to my uh, well vacation, I should say. Just say hello to the people, please. Well, well, uh, we bring you greetings from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Salt Life Ministries, Salt Life Kingdom Ministries, where we believe in bringing the saltiness back to the believer through rightly dividing the word of truth, and kingdom principles. Well, man, I'm so, so excited to be back. Um, man, we had an amazing time. Uh, as Seth mentioned, we went on vacation, my wife and I, along with a few other couples, and uh, we went to St. Thomas the Virgin Island. Man, let me tell you. If you have not been there, <laughs> if you have not been there, that, I promise you, is one of the most beautiful places in the country. If you have not been there, put it on your bucket list, get your plane ticket, book your book your flight, get on out there, man. You will love it. Uh, we did not want to come back. Of course, that's always the way it is when you go on vacation. You don't want to go back yep. home. Yeah, you know? that's true. But uh, it was a much-needed vacation. Uh, it's always good to be able to get away with your significant other, you know, and oh, catch yeah. up on some things. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I really did miss being away from the Five Smooth Souls Network. 
Man, this is an awesome, awesome, awesome network with some awesome people. Pastor Chris, it's the first time meeting you, man. I want to say greetings to you. Um, I'm excited Thank about you, being. Yeah, man, I'm excited about co-hosting with you, man. I've heard great things about you, great things about you, you know, uh, from Seth and Brother John, actually. Um, so I'm looking forward to our our meeting tonight, man. Uh, uh, let's let's get to it. Let's get to it. It's a yes, lot sir. going on. All right. Going on. What do you say, Pastor Chris? I told him I I appreciate that. Well, all right. There you have it. Well, welcome back, Chriselle, again, uh, and Pastor Chris. Well, we want to go ahead and do something a little different. We're going to have a co-host in the house tonight, a new co-host, and that is the one and only Troy. He likes to go by all the way in Texas. Uh, Troy would like to be incognito like myself. You know, we say controversial things, and we don't know who might decide to they don't like us, so I've not I've taken a lot of stuff back offline. Can't find my phone number out no more, and I try not to give my last name. Well, last name I don't really care. Anyway, Troy from Texas, your line is open, bro. Welcome back to the Five Smooth Stone Network. Say hello to the people. Good evening, salutations. I'm happy to be here from the big old hot and really hot state of Texas. I'm in. I'm in good company this evening for some good conversation and looking forward. Yes, to yes, it. you got a little, you got a little noise in the background. I, I don't know what you're doing there, but I hear a little noise, Troy. But welcome, brother. It's good to hear you have you back. Uh, uh, I think this will be the first time you co-host with with uh, Pastor Chris. I know, and but I think with Purcell you did at least once. The first time you was on, you was with Purcell. But uh, welcome, man. I picked Troy, everybody, just so y'all know. Troy and I talk a lot, and he is really up on current events. He don't think so. He may have, you know, you know how people are, oh, I don't know that much, but you get to share and so many things. I'd be like, I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. I didn't know about that one. You know, remember, brothers and sisters, I got depressed years back when I had a show called uh, World Order Watch Society, where we talked a lot about controversial things happening around our country and world, and it knocked out, Brother Seth. I mean, I had so many people calling in with things they knew for sure. I mean, proof of serious things that's uncomprehendable. Kind of like Pastor Chris's old Bible study uh, we used to have at his church where we talk about some things, and I would walk from that Bible study going, my, 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 we in trouble. Well, that's kind of what this was, but this show drew a lot of people. And uh, anyway, Troy is up on a lot of those things and even more. And so I said, bro, i got to have you all just for you to just kind of share with the people. So, brother, just pretend we're having a coffee and share like we normally do. Again, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, right now, this is going to be our co-host for tonight. I expect a few more to call, but we'll, we'll just bring them in when they come. So listen, um, again, tonight is open forum. I would like to know what's on y'all's mind. I have some on my mind, but it's kind of spiritual. And I don't want to scare away the people, but I really want to ask this question to all of you. What have you been told happened when we get saved? And I know that may be corny for some people, that topic, but some people would be, like, very shocked to know how different we are on that. You know, what truly happened? How do we become brothers and sisters? Why do we say brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so? But that's something that can get kind of deep. So we'll see if the Father wants. We'll get into that for sure. We're running from it. Again, it's open 
form, whatever's on your mind. And I am monitoring the chat room. If y'all have any questions for our guests or our co-host, just simply type your question and we'll get to it. If you're on the phone lines and you want to jump in on this, remember, just press 1 and we'll bring you on. If you're online, you listen to us online, you didn't call the show number, you, you listen online. If you want to get in on anything uh, on your heart, spirit, it's the time to ask these seasoned believers, every single one of them believe in the Most High Yah of Israel, Yahweh, and His Christ, and we believe in the Holy Spirit as well as the Word of the Most High Yah. So we are here. Anybody want to go first as far as something that's been on your spirit that you just really would like to share? It could be a question. It could be a comment. So, um, again, gentlemen, just jump right in. <laughs> Well, <laughs> don't all speak. Uh, go, go ahead. Seth Thanks. I'm I'm thinking about uh, a Tatiana Jefferson's family and the officer that uh, supposedly killed her, and the fact that they keep putting the crowd further and further back. And she she actually got shot and killed before um, our brother did. What's his name? In um. Uh, Y'all know who I'm talking about. The brother who who the police officer sat on his neck, Floyd. Oh, yeah, George Floyd. Yeah, George Floyd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just just kind of concerned about why they keep pushing the trial further and further back. And she was murdered before George Floyd was brother Floyd was murdered, and they just keep pushing it back. Well, that's a good good question. I can take a stab at it. I think the further they push it back, the less interest. It, it, it benefits them to push stuff back because the more uh-huh. people, they don't keep, we don't as a people, I probably all humans, but we don't keep the fire up that long. So just keep pushing it back, keep pushing it back. It's a strategy, and it works. I would agree. But I think yeah, there's, there's a lot of government back. suggestion to block things off. Say it again, Troy. What do you say? I said there's a lot of government suggestion to block things off, wait for a better, better read on the situation. They like to keep it kind of quiet until they figure that, that nobody's paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's very true. Percent. What are you saying, when, Yeah, I think when the people are paying attention, and like Pastor Chris said, and they recognize that you keep pushing it back like that, then what happens is you begin to speculate, you know, and it causes frustration, especially in our community. It causes frustration because it it causes us to believe, okay, you up to something. You know, you keep pushing it back because y'all trying to find a way to get out to get out of it, you know, and I think a lot of times that's what ha- that's what the the mindset is when it when they begin to push things back. I believe I understand what Troy was saying too, though, because they're trying to they're trying to get the edge, you know, and trying to wait until things simmer down, but. The only way you can wait for things to simmer down is to not 
put that information out there. Okay, we're going to keep pushing it back. Okay, we're going to keep pushing it back. Okay, we're going to keep. they like, okay, well, why we keep? Now we start inquiring. We, we're like, okay, well, what's really going on? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's kind of a catch-22 with that, I believe. Yeah, yeah, there's, a, there's I have to, a lot of those people that are really good about waiting until they can put it out in the light they want you to see it in, and they will do it almost every time. There you go. That's excellent. That was it. That was an excellent way to put that. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Well, Pastor Chris, this is what I, you know, people are listening, and I try to have a show, y'all, that brings some kind of hope and um uh, when it's sometimes it's like there's no hope, I try not to do those shows because I don't want to be a part of the problem. And if we start thinking there's no hope, we're going to get violent. All there is to it is it's very human nature to go and want to kill uh, the police, white folks. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just normal. It's just normal behavior. Israelites did it. Jebusites did it. Philistines did it. Romans did it. Everybody do it, especially if you're killing our people, killing our people. It's just normal to want to kill back. So I just want to encourage people to know that there is a most high. He did say, vengeance is mine, I will repay. I've been having conversations with people that have been troubled with believing that uh, a lot of these people in power that mistreat us is paying. I've had some heated mm-hmm. debates up. Uh, uh, Brother Purcell and Pastor Chris and Brother Troy That actually feel like these whites in power Because that's primarily who's in power They feel like they're not paying They're not paying, they got a better life And I wish Brother Kenwin Castleberry was on the line Because we had a serious That brother, I hope I didn't run him off Sunday night Because we went into some deep stuff And I I think, I I know he got emotional Brother Kenwin, y'all got emotional Sunday night I think he was crying a little bit, but I was sharing about how our people are messed up in the head where it relates to white supremacy, and I started sharing about some sexual things, and he couldn't handle it. So I, he ain't been on the show since, so I hope I didn't run him off. But his thing was, I want them to pay. I said, well, who are you talking about? He said, I want all of them. Can't say that, brother. You just can't say that. Because everybody, it's not a, a certain, it's, it's Satan, number one. That's our enemy. And then the flesh we have as an enemy. Our flesh craves evil. There was no evil spirits. We're still talking about Tatiana. Our flesh craves evil if there was no devils around. And then there are demon spirits. There really are. And they get inside of humans. Then it's something called ignorance. It's just not sometimes not knowing can be an enemy all by itself. Think I'm lying. Go grab a hold of a electric voltage and you don't know what it is. You're going to lose your life. Was that an enemy? Of course it was. My people perish for a lack of knowledge, the scripture says. So I just talked to a brother, and I'm not trying to throw him on the bus because this is all public information. Everybody heard him. But he said, I just want him to pay. He could not handle that a lot of our people to this very day suffer sexually, mentally. He didn't, he never heard anything like that. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about right now. But I was telling him, sharing some things. I'm not getting off topic, but we have got to remember the Father is going to reward the wicked. 
And I'm sorry, it's not just one people. He's going to reward the wicked. It may look like people getting by. It may look like people are just just getting away. It may look like people have it better. And it may look like, you know, nobody can touch them invincible. If I get a chance maybe tonight, I'm going to share with y'all some testimonies. And I promise you, when I tell you these testimonies, you're going to say, ooh, Seth, brother, you're not going to be able to touch them. Ooh, them people invincible. No, you're not going to be able to touch them. I'm sorry. They got over on you. And I'm going to tell you what happened here, and you're going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's how you're going to be. That's how I was. So maybe I'll share that to bring some hope to the matter. But, Brother Pastor Chris, that's pretty sad, that case. A young lady gets shot by just coming to her window, looking out. I mean, actually, yeah, look at the window, and the cop shoots through the window. You ain't even set your own while she was playing with her nephew, I believe, in Fort Worth. Yeah. Crazy. Yes, sir. Just pulls on your spirit, and like 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 uh, brother uh, Kenwin, sometimes you just want to kill everybody. You just just want to kill everybody. That look like them. Yeah, I'm going there tonight. I'm in here to encourage everybody. Don't lose hope in humanity. Don't do it. There's a lot of good people that look like cops. A lot of people fighting for our our cause. That look like cops. Mm-hmm. We have to remember. We have to remember that. And I get criticized a lot because people say, "Oh, you always talking about loving everybody, folks." Listen, <laughs> y'all better get on this train, man. I got off that train long time ago, hating. If I ever hated, I probably was more jealous than hate. But our God is. Uh, I, Elohim, Yah of Israel, hallelujah, is a consuming fire to the enemy. Habakkuk was like a lot of black men. That's why I call it the black man book. And he was complaining about the powers of his generation just ruling. And he asked the father, do you delight in this? You getting a kick out of watching us go through this? And the father answered because he had to answer because this man was at his wit's end. He said, I work a work in your day. You won't believe it if it was told you. He said, he that's standing up right to you, he ain't standing up right. That's uh-huh. what I'm saying, listeners. Those people that stand up right, that look invincible, they're not invincible. They're not happy inside them. They are, they're swimming in guilt. They got blood on their hands. Their children, when they have children, are going to have blood on their hands. They're cursing their posterity. He that standeth upright is not right in his heart. And I'm not talking about all people. I'm saying those that commit these crimes, they're not going to go unpunished. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to come? I just said, please. I, I want to jump in. Right here, Seth, and I want to clarify something that you said to our listeners. And that is, you made the comment about um, demon spirits. Now, when you made that comment about demon spirits, you said that they get into some people. 
And when you said that, it actually sounded like we just got spirits floating around out here, and they just jumping in people. Well, the clarity that I wanted to bring to that, because I think it's important, because that kind of stuff can get real spooky when you don't really make it plain. Thank you. Thank you. And Do that, I, brother. Appreciate that. Do that. And what I wanted to what I wanted to make clear with concerning that is the fact that we don't have these evil spirits just floating around like ghosts. First of all, they're illegal in the earth. Okay? Because even even demon spirits are subject to protocol. Okay? Let me make that let me make that clear also. It's beautiful. Um, now what what has to happen, what has to happen, what has to happen, the reason why I'm saying I'm emphasizing this is because what has to happen in order for a demon spirit to inhabit someone, that particular individual has to open the door. They have to create in their flesh an opportunity for this spirit or make space for this spirit to dwell. Okay? So that's how we get demon spirits that actually, quote, unquote, possess people. These people give invitations. Okay, so that's why it's so important for us to guard our heart and our mind, okay, because usually that particular activity starts with the mind. That's why Paul told us to be be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, because like Seth said, we don't want to allow that um, um, spirit of um, depression, if you will, that would leave a door open for a demonic spirit. That spirit of fear that would leave a door open for a demonic spirit. Um, that spirit of degradation. Man, I just I just can't seem to get a break. That'll leave the door open for a demon spirit. So we have to be very careful to guard our hearts and our minds, guard not only our hearts and our minds, but our ear gates and our eye gates. We have to be particular about who we who we lend our ear to. Amen. We have to we have to govern our spirit man and not powerful. Our, powerful. That's important. And it's so true, brother. Important. Yeah, that's very important for the believer. So I just wanted to clarify that. And also I wanted to add um, the, the Tatiana situation. Man, this stuff is all too familiar. This particular thing is 
um, for lack of a better better word or expression, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and it just continues to domino. It continues to domino, and I'm a I'm a deviate just a bit to the young man, and I believe it was Akron. Akron, Ohio, the story says that officers expended over 90 rounds of a, of a, into a, or at a young man who was fleeing. Spent over 90 rounds and hit this young man, I believe, they said 47 times. Initially, they were saying it hit him 60 times, over 60 times. For a young man who was running away and didn't have a weapon, this young lady looking out her window, like you said, Seth, I, was, I wasn't 100% familiar with this particular story. But just the idea of what you just said, her just looking out of her window. She may have heard a sound that kind of piqued her interest or something and looking out the window, and then this guy just killed her. But then we got a young man who I'm still being respectful, even how I address this young man. We got a young man in Buffalo, New York, that's a known murderer. When, when you arrive on the scene, you know this dude that murdered several people. And this guy has the opportunity to stand trial. He, he Let me say that again. He's going to have an opportunity to stand trial. Okay? The question that wow. I have is, where does the buck stop? Where does the buck stop? I was watching a video of a young lady yesterday, I believe it was, on Instagram, or uh, it might have been TikTok, one of the two. But there was a situation with another, poli- with another cop who was harassing a young lady, and there was a narrative in the back talking about the behavior of the cop. But then there was another cop standing right there with this cop that I know in his heart of heart, he knew that his fellow officer was in the wrong. He knew he was in the wrong. I'm going to say it again. I know he knew that this man was in the wrong. But he never said a mumbling word. This This is my position on this whole situation. It's never going to change as long as we have this, this blue code that we have where we got these officers that will not speak out against another officer, even when they know that the officer is wrong. Well, let's talk about that, Purcell. You're building. I want let's you to keep going, brother. That, that right there... We're talking about right. Let me just say this. I try to, as a moderator, 
think like people listening, but it's too afraid to say something. All right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are people on the far right that is pro-blue. And every encounter they have with the cop is nothing like what you're saying. Even I myself, but most of the time I stop, get stopped, I don't have no policeman acting nowhere near none of that. Ever. I said, ever. How you doing, sir? Did you see your right, uh, uh, registration, proof of insurance? Never encounter none of what you're saying. So those people are listening to you, and keep in mind, those with the power of the press always going to show the policemen like I'm saying. But there is that element on the police force that are full of the devil. Y'all heard Purcell say how it happened. But they got something that's in them. There was a police officer in Cincinnati, Troy, about this. I think I was in Troy about this. And Cincinnati got it on camera saying this. Remember this, Purcell? They, they aired this all on the radio station. He said, let me get my gun and go out here and kill me some niggers. He was in yep. the locker room getting ready. That's the way so-called African-Americans view police. A lot of our white brothers and sisters view police the exact same way. We forget that. A lot of A lot of I'm beginning to think half of them at least. But there are those that don't have those experiences. They don't know what we're talking about. They can't imagine a police. If it wasn't for the cameras, they would not believe it. Yeah. So let's talk about this blue code of society. Are y'all aware? I'm trying to think like those folks. Just to bring them into conversations to wake their behinds up. Really. They're saying, you know, you people, you people, you know, to be honest, some of y'all are violent. They're going to always show these people's violent past. They're always going to focus on the fact the guy was running. They're always going to focus on the fact the guy was, some of y'all, some of us think the same way. We always victimize the victim. Why was he running? Why was he fighting? I said this at work the other day, and I shocked everybody. Now, I guarantee you that was listening. I was talking to this lady, and she was talking about that shooting. And I said, you know what I don't understand? She was talking about the guy running. I said, why do we always talk about the victim? Why? You ought to be able to spit at a cop and live. You ought to be able to curse out a cop. I'm not saying do this. Don't Please don't play me stupid tonight, folks. I'm not saying do these things, young people. But I'm saying really and truly you have the right to spit at a cop and live, curse at a cop and live, tear up the ticket like Ella Shua do. <laughs> Brother Garibay on the show, I was with him one time. He got stopped. He told the ticket for a car. I said, boy, you out of your mind. Don't you never do that with me. Don't you never, ever do that with me. <laughs> he 
his life because of God stopped him. But you have the right to do that. In other words, you have the right to do what a lot of white males do. They do that. They don't die. Why we got to die? Why we got to die? There was a guy here in Fort Worth. Y'all never hear about it. You'll never hear about it. Now, I know some white males get shot, too. I understand that. But I'm just saying something. You know those businessmen be talking to those cops like they animals on the side. Y'all seen it. What did you stop me for? You know, just going off. And then nothing yeah. happens to them. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Why come we don't have the right to do that? So anyway, make the long story short, there was a gentleman. Well, I don't know the details on that, that particular story. But uh, uh, I was telling somebody at work that we should be able to fight cops we should be the only time we deserve to die by the hands of police officers is when we threaten their life. Yes, we should be shot. Yes. If yep. we are threatening their life, them coming home to their children, we should be shot. Anybody That's should. Only though. Only, though, if we're threatening their life. That is the only time. And they just looked at me like, I said, you know, I'm thinking myself, why are they looking at me like that? Because I'm a black man. And they never thought of it like that. Let me get some feedback. I, I try, we haven't heard from you in a while. Let me get, get feedback on anything you've heard. You you know, Troy's considered what society <clears throat> call a white, a white gentleman. He don't like that term. He likes to just call himself human. But Anybody see you on the side of the road or, or in the mall or somewhere, you'll say, there goes a white guy. So how do you feel hearing all that, Troy? Seriously. Well, to, to be honest with you, I've had a lot of experiences with police officers, and my favorite one was always, did I do something wrong, officer? And they said, oh, nothing really. And you'd be like, well, then why are you pulling me over? <laughs> you know, exactly. I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you pulling me over? So I've been down a path where it wasn't, I mean, you know, I, I was lucky and didn't, you know, I'm still alive, and I didn't have any of those super negative issues. But uh, Arlington, Texas especially, seemed to really dislike my long hair, and therefore they wanted to prove that to me by pulling me over periodically for no reason. I think that there's a lot of of brethren in the cop department because they kind of have become to their own. And there is not a lot of people that are suggestive of let's go get some therapy, let's go let's go do this, let's go talk to people about this and stuff. There are plenty of officers like that. But the problem is is they're not the predominant. We hire a lot of people for these jobs thinking because they have good grades and they've gone to college and they pass pass the test and they do all that stuff that they're going to be good police officers. And that's not necessarily the truth. I don't know why, in particular, that there is so much, you know, violence, you know, shootings of people and stuff like that, where it's not really necessary. It doesn't make sense to me any more than it does anybody else. Well, let me ask you a question, Troy, to, to further uh, get okay. into this. I know for a fact you're around a lot of white people that's not in the uh, – well, I don't know for a fact – but what do you hear in your circles on this same conversation? Let's say you go to, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, 
li- okay, um, can't say we at, but let's just say Are you. What, what kind of conversation you hear? Let's just go to what kind of conversation you hear against black people, or do you hear like they're wrong? You hear how we sound. What other voices yeah, have you right. heard? Right. I, I hear. I've heard a lot of. I've, I've heard a lot of good. I've heard a lot of bad. Most of what I hear is is stuff that's consistently the biggest problem that I see for for many years. And 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 it's I say a problem. It's not really a problem. It's what people identify as a problem, and it's a cultural thing. A lot of people have not liked this rap gangster, the way people look, the way that people act. Some of the stuff they profess, a lot of them used to be drug dealers and carrying guns and doing crazy stuff. And I think a lot of people have taken that as being the identification of what it is that they're looking for out there. You know, most people aren't looking for, for, uh, you know, Cosby as being the family man or something like that. They're they're looking for the people that are carrying out the negative imagery. And you know what? You know, that's not. I want you to. I want you to finish. Uh-huh. I don't want you to finish. I want you to finish, but I just got to jump in right there. What you just said okay. is profound. Here's why, and I'm gonna jump in, Jeff, real quick. So I want you to finish. I want to hear from you a lot tonight. People think you're quiet. Mm-hmm. You're not quiet. This brother talk. This one person. Ella should talk more than I do, and Troy can talk more than I do. Believe that. So uh, I want to get you going third gear here, but you're right. I told my wife, they're not looking for us. We have a car seat in the back, a Bible on the back seat. They're not looking for us. They're looking for that guy that's dating their daughter. They're looking for that young guy that's gonna, just going to talk to him like Yellow Shield talk to him. They're looking for our warriors. They think I'm not a warrior because they see a Bible. They think I'm not a warrior because I'm old school. They want our most strongest men. That's what they're looking for. They want people to say, man, what if you stop me over for? Man, y'all tripping out here. They want Sandra Bland. You bunch of pussies. That's what they're looking for. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We're going to take you in that cell, and we're going to show you what a real, you know, what is. You're absolutely right, Troy. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's... That's a big part of it. On my end, long hairs and uh, people that, you know, drive beat up old cars and stuff like that were always looked at as being the the kind of people that aren't really on doing things for the good side of life. You know, maybe maybe I have got a you know, a whole bunch of drugs on me or, you know, maybe I'm one of those kind of people that'll rob and steal and stuff like that. I mean it's all speculative opinion. And, you know, some of it you can't help because it's it's you know people are doing it to themselves by taking that piece of culture and adopting it and living like it you know if you're going to if you're going to live like a gangster and you're going to act like you're carrying a gun and you know you're out selling million dollar deals and running girls and stuff like that you know that's how people are going to see you and they're not even going to look deeper than that same thing goes for everything else. If I look like some kind of methamphetamine cook that's come out of the back of the hills, you know, they'll treat me the same way. I think there's a big, big problem with image and perception in this country. 
Yes, we are being uh, fed a lot of we are being fed a lot of information every day. And part of the problem is who do you believe and where you get your information from? Because if you look at modern day media with everything that's going on, there's not a trustworthy one out there. Now you may have a personal preference for somebody that leans in your direction or says something that you believe, or maybe they said something that was true that you knew of. But by far and large, all we get out there now is all this information, and there's no fact to it. Nobody's checked it. Nobody's double-checked it. Nobody's you know, bothered to come up and say, hey, don't do that. So when we get these videotapes of officers you know, taking shots at people and doing stuff like that, now we immediately have this response and effort. But sometimes we don't know what the whole scenario is. So it's really hard not to, to, to really be judgmental. The George Floyd case, for instance, I remember watching it as it was happening pretty much or as it was reported happening, thinking to myself, that cop, when I seen the, the, the instance where the guy obviously passed out, and in this case he probably ended up passing out before he died, I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell is that guy doing? Why is he getting up? And the the the, the uh, emergency uh, ambulance guys got there. They take a check at his, his pulse, and then they just walk away. And still, the guy didn't take his, his knee off the back of his neck. And all I could think of is somebody needs to knock that dude on his ass and get that guy some help. You know, yeah. it's all it's It's all important on how you look and what you see. I didn't know any of the other stats around what happened, how come he was on the ground. I didn't know, you know, why he got, you know, put taken in cuffs. I didn't know any of that kind of stuff at the time. But even I could see what was happening was wrong. That was just an yeah. obvious visible sight. You know, you could not watch that and go, hey, wait a minute. What the hell is going on here? You know? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, there's just a lot of that stuff that's out there, man, and there's a lot of people that are confused. And anybody that doesn't think that people that are police officers don't get confused are wrong. Now, I'm not trying to stand up for all cops, but I don't think it's an easy job for anybody to do when there's no true backup for what they got going on in this world. They're not getting all the training. They're not getting all the the therapy and stuff like that that they need. You know, I got a friend that her, her little daughter's got cancer and is, is, is just on the on the very verge of life. Somebody you're praying for every time you throw a prayer out there. You know, all you can do is hurt and feel. It's not even my child. But I know her sibling, and, and I told her, I said, how are you doing? And she says, well, I'm in therapy. I said, good. You know, don't let people say you can't hurt because you're – siblings is that sick you know just because you're older don't mean that you don't have the right to hurt that's right well let me say let, let me say so now we're here from pastor chris here in a second but i gotta say i, I meant to say when Purcell was talking i forgot to say this and when you just said a lot of cops you know training uh i'm not one of those troy to uh get on the training wagon i used to be so we're probably gonna disagree here but i think a lot of these people it don't take much training to see you being racist. These cops, 
I think it's just they're scared. Here's what I, I believe, Troy. I think there's this blue coat of silent Purcell was talking about. I think, because you know what happens when that happened with the training, the reason why I said that, Troy, watch this. For those that say, well, they need training, 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 you're not saying it quite like that. But some people say, oh, they need training, you're just about training. Let me tell you why it's not training to me. Because when they white, all of a sudden their senses kick in, their training kick in. How is it when a black cop, a black cop have very seldom shot an unarmed white arm? I can't think of one case where a black cop shot, not that we want it to, please hear me, everybody, don't don't go there on me, please. You know, I ain't that stupid. It's the love channel. But I just was thinking, how many cops have shot an unarmed white guy? They're the same training. White guys sometimes get more hostile than black. I mean, for real, for real. I've seen them throw tickets, spit at cops. White women get crazy. Like Sandra Bland or worse. They get worse than Sandra Bland. Nobody's never shot one. Just think about that for a minute. I don't know one case. I don't know too many cases where a white guy was shot by a white officer unarmed. Don't you think something strange with that? But when it comes to a black guy, we'll know he needs training. Here's what I think. I think the Cincinnati cop that quit one day and did a press conference, and he said, we are required to have quotas. And I can't sleep. And I, he starts saying, that boy blew the whistle. He said they want us to have quotas. They want us to write on the numbers, not what people are actually doing. I got to write so many tickets in the black neighborhood, and I can't sleep with it. That's what I believe. I think that blue coat will come. Think about it. If you speak against blue, do you have an army? Do you have an army? Cincinnati cop Janet Reno, Troy, and Pastor Chris, and, 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 and uh, Purcell, which he will probably know about this. Cincinnati cops was so off the charts that Janet Reno, I think that's she was the Secretary of State, I think I got it right, in the Bush cabinet. She sent police to police that police. So when you go to Cincinnati, you see two police cars. You see police cars, regular police cars, and you see these white cars, and they had two officers. They drove four deep. The one that was policing the police was four deep. And they was policing the police, and guess what Cincinnati police did? They declared a secret slowdown. They just quit responding to the people. In order to take three minutes from the show up to five minutes, it's going to take 20. They was basically saying to Janet Reno, we don't give up so-and-so about your police. So the police that was policing the Cincinnati police went back and reported to the Janet Reno, Secretary of Defense of the United States, Cincinnati police answered to no one. <laughs> what do you think happened? Nothing. Nothing. I think the Klan has infiltrated our police department. And I think what Purcell was saying is some people are not Klan. 
and they see and they know some stuff, and they know I ain't going to say nothing because they can come after my child. I mean, what you going to do if police wants to come after your kid? you got to have some boys. they got to be bigger than the police, too. can be no Ray Ray, this person. you going to have to have. So you better think twice, Purcell, for speaking out. So this is why this blue code is so effective. It's not just a code. It's fear. I'm not trying to scare anybody tonight. I'm saying it's real. This is a game within a game. Like the New York police officers say to the Stolish drug dealer, we're the biggest gang in this city. He said that. So Purcell, that's why it's a blue code. Not just because black cops or other white, good white cops agree. They're scared as hell to speak out against these folks. I love your comment, Pastor Chris, and then Purcell and then Troy. Okay. I just wanted to say it's the blue code as well as the DA, because policemen can only go as far as the DA lets them. But since the DA needs the police to testify in a lot of trials, they're not going to go against the police department. They need them. You know, so that's my interpretation. It's systemic. It's the, the blue codes and the DAs and the, and the grand juries. Those are the three things that I think cause all the problems. You know, um, I haven't had negative uh, response to the police But that doesn't mean that I don't know A lot of black men and women Who have You know what I'm saying And then we forget that the police department came from what They were actually in the day They were slave catchers That's where they came from So you know And then you know Seth I agree with you About um, You know I passed out that report At our, at our bible study About uh, white supremacist infiltration of local police departments. That was done by the uh, um, I think it was done by the health and not health and human services but uh, um, one of government agency wrote that and then they, that, they had another one that came out a few years ago because they were talking about they get members to join the police department and get on police forces and then that's when they, they start chewing their stuff and and I do believe it's a training issue because the Tatiana got killed because her neighbor saw that the front door was open and called the police and said, hey, I haven't seen him today. The front door is open. Can you go by and do a welfare check? Well, the police officer went to the house, saw the door open. He didn't knock on the door or, or scream or anything. He just went decided to go and, and look around the house. Well, he wasn't called for that family to see if they were all right. And so when the girl heard somebody messing around in the backyard, she grabbed a gun and went to the window, and that's when she got shot. But to me, the police officer should have gone, you know, the front door was open. He should have knocked on the door first before he went yeah. anywhere else. But it's, it's really the blue code, the DA, and the grand juries that, 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 that protect the police department, I think. Yeah, yeah, Chris, you got anything on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Uh because um again there's this there there's good protocol and then there's bad protocol. You know, but I believe that absolutely they are all in bed together. I think they're all in cahoots. You know? 
um, one hand washing the other hand. Uh, one watch my back, I watch your back. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely the corruption in that regard, though, is so deep-seated. It's like you said, Seth, there is fear even amongst the ranks. You know, that um, people will come after their families and stuff. I remember they're making, and, and what's really interesting about this whole matter is they've made probably, I want to say in the last four or five years, they've probably made about 25, 30 movies. The same thing, the very thing that we're talking about right now, um, there are so many movies. Um, one is Black and Blue, I think it's called, uh-huh. uh, where the young lady saw uh, the cops murder this quote-unquote uh, drug dealer kid. But actually, he was working for the police. Yep. <laughs> you know? And she happened to see them murder him. And the yep. police came after her. Yes, sir. So she, so she had to bury herself in the hood, get away from the police who were hunting her. Yes, sir. So, I mean, there's so many, there's so many, there's a really good movie, too. Um, the name of it escapes me right now, but the father of a young man um, took on the police department and took him hostage and held his own um, trial as it relates to the police officers and um, the community. He actually uh, kidnapped some community members somehow in the police department and some police um, um, law enforcement that was actually in the police department, and he went to the police chief's house and abducted him and brought him back to the police station and held his own trial for the killing of his son. Man, if you Mm-mm-mm. see that movie, and that movie shares the perspective of the, the general citizens, because there are people there who are just general citizens, and it shows the perspective of the officer. Man, that movie is so good. I cannot think of the name of it right now. But it was so amazing and masterfully put together. But there are so many of these movies now, you know, one thing that I learned as I've gotten older, um, in these movies, all of these movies are not fiction. Most of them have some truth. Most of them Absolutely. have a degree of truth. Yeah. You know, if you think about the movie Enemy of the State with Will Smith, I think yes, that was sir. the first time that was the first time that they began to show um the whole big brother thing how the government could actually uh, be monitoring your home and you don't even know it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the first movies that actually blew that up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Let me say this. Uh, let me get Troy here. Uh, um, oh, yeah, go ahead. That was all. That okay. that was all good. And uh, I want to say something on something you really said. What I really was trying to do, try to be fair here and get everybody in. But I wanted to say this. Uh, uh, why don't Troy go? And I want to tell you about what happened, Purcell, uh When a group of us joined our march in Cincinnati, this is a trip. This is a trip. Okay. But I want to hear from Troy first. Go ahead, Troy. Any comments on anything Purcell said? He said a lot. Well, there's a lot to be said. I mean, we're talking about some pretty deep subject here. It could, it, we could get real deep on a lot of this stuff. I, I agree uh, that there is an awful lot of stuff. I think the Hollywood thing, um, I think it has characterized a lot of stuff that a lot of people believe to be kind of a false truth. They see it, they see it, they see it, they figure that's just how it is. So I think there's a lot of copycatism to that stuff. We'd only wish it would be for the good stuff and not the bad stuff. Exactly. Uh, going back to what I was saying about training, I wasn't necessarily talking about like teaching them how to deal with situations as I was teach, talking about training on how to deal with things emotionally. I think that we have a lot of people, it's been said on this panel even, you know, there's a lot of those guys out there that are scared. And I think that, you know, if you're pulling somebody over in the dark in the middle of the night, that's probably about as scary as a situation as you'd want until it's over. You don't know, you know, you're limited to be able to see. You don't know what you're going to run into. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I I think that I think that there's a lot of those folks that are brought into the to those departments and stuff like that that maybe had some military training and stuff because that's how like a lot of them the reaction seems. Uh, but they're not necessarily trained on emotional. You know, the military doesn't train you to be emotional. They want you to be unemotional. They need you to go out there and shoot bullets at somebody, or they don't want you to ask questions about who, what, where, when, or why. Just do, you know. But I think That's a lot of that stuff is really, really part of the whole problem. I don't know how we'd ever get around it all. The only suggestion that I ever had, and I said it as a joke originally, but I always thought the biggest answer to a whole lot of that stuff was, was don't let men be on the police force. Let it be all women. But there's plenty of women that are bad eggs. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be worth it. it was all... Okay, we got a hand that just went up. So, uh, Troy, finish your point in about 30 seconds, and we're going to go to this caller. No, I'm good. Go ahead and go to your caller. Okay, folks, we're going to go to the phone line at this time. Area code 817-701. We have three things we'd like for you to do for us. Let us know your name, city, and how did you hear about us, please? Uh, your line is now open. Go right ahead. Name, city, and how did you hear about us? Ellie Shore, calling from Funky <laughs> Town, Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> Welcome, brother. Welcome. Hey, LSU. Shalom, shalom. LSU, what's up hey. with it? <laughs> hey, what's going on there? Who's that? Is that is that for Yep. What's up, bro? What's up, fam? What's going on? <laughs> Ain't nothing to it, man. I'm listening to you all's conversation, and um, I don't know if I'm able to stay for the whole show, but uh. I just realized the time, so I co- tuned in right quick. I was in the middle of um, 
help him cook and dinner with the family. Um, but um, the gentleman that just came out, Troy, you said something that um, I think leads to a deeper level um, of what we're dealing with. <clears throat> and let's just deal with the facts. The FBI did a investigation. And about seven or eight years ago, they determined that the reason why come we didn't see a great deal of violent manifestations or a uh, of hate groups is because the, but the assumption was that many of them had went underground. But actually what they did is they, they uh, how can I put it, they rebranded themselves. And many of them entered the police, the police departments around the United States. So you got people who were skinheads, neo-Nazis, KKK. And so as a result of about 10 years ago, when they began to clamp down on these hate groups, they basically reorganized and said, well, we will rebrand ourselves, and we will enter an entity that makes us lawful to shoot our enemy. And that was various police departments around the United States of America. Now, let me give you a personal experience, because I've had quite a few personal experiences in dealing with police. And emotion is a that's very significant... They, that's because you who they're looking for. you pairing up tickets and stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. On many occasions, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, literally, once all paid up, all traffic violations. I'm messing um, with you, man. I'm messing. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a speed, I'm a speed driver, so I have accumulated my number of traffic violations, uh, and that sort. But, but these occasions, especially specifically one of the last, uh, my wife had an accident. Someone hit her car, and when they hit her car, actually, she was in a rental car at the time, and they hit her car. I wasn't in the car. So immediately the first thing she does is she calls me. So I get in our car, and I rush to the scene to where the accident was because the first thing I want to know is make sure she's all right. So when I get there, I realize her car, the rental car, has been moved. And the person whose car who's hit them, it's been moved to on the side of the street in front of a service station. So the police officers are talking to the other party, but they're paying very little attention to anything my wife has to say. And my wife is sitting in an ambulance because they want to make certain that she's okay because she was hit. She received the greater impact of it. So for insurance purposes, I am taking pictures of the damage of, our car, of the rental car and of the person's car who hit her. While I'm taking pictures of the car who hit her, this guy is starting to remove parts of the car. And I was like, sir, you know when you're doing that, you, you, like, you, you may be altering your claim. And I said, you know, and evidence as to, you know, who's, who's, who's in the fault here. So the guy, he, gets, he says something real crazy to me. Basically, he gives me the F word. And I said, no, nah, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, dude. And, and so then he, the police officer, this police officer runs over. He says nothing to this individual. This police officer looks like he's mixed, part Hispanic, part white. Gentleman that I'm talking to who hit my wife is a Hispanic guy, young guy, and his girl and two other people. So the police officer walks up to me, and he pushes me. And I was like, why did you push me, man? I said, what did I do? He said, well, you're into a you know, conflict with this guy. I said, well, you know, I'm just taking pictures. And I said, nothing to the guy. The guy said something to me. I basically just flipped him off. I ignored what he said. When I meant flipped off, I mean I ignored what he said and went on about my business of taking pictures. And the guy, he, the police officer pushed me again. I said, man, I am complying. Will you please stop pushing me? That dude pushed me about eight times, the police officer did. From the place where the initial incident 
we are now about 30 yards away from where the place of where the initial would occur at between the exchange between me and the young man. The reason we're 30 yards away pushed me that part. He just kept pushing me. And just about that time, when you speak of the issue of emotion, Gary rose up. The Gary that's been incarcerated, that I have no problem with a fight. I enjoy a fight, physical, spiritual, what have you. And literally at that time, I started to calculate in my head after I've been pushed eight or nine times how I'm supposed to take this officer down. Because if he pushes me one more time, I'm close enough in him, I'm going to hit him in the throat, and I'm going to grab his gun. Now, Lily, I'm telling you something that I seriously contemplated in my mind because he had pushed me that time, that many times. It got to the point where it was beyond intimidation. It now was humiliating. And then all of a sudden, out of my right, my son, I saw him walk up because he was there with my wife. Now, my son is 15 years old. He stands about six feet tall. So I know the perception of him, especially from white people, that that's a grown man. But he's only 15. Matter of fact, he hadn't turned 15. He was 14. So all of a sudden now, because he enters the picture, enters the equation, all of a sudden my thinking of this situation is rethought immediately because I don't want to put him in any danger, any harm. Me, one thing. Him, that's a different thing. And then when I put my hand back to push my son back, I looked into the man's eyes, and I saw what I knew was real, and I knew what the situation was in the situation, the missing element. Purcell? Okay, okay. Yeah. Jeff Turner? What I saw in that man's eyes was a demon spirit. And when I saw that demon spirit, it made me recalculate my approach. I took my cell phone off, and I pointed it at his face. And I said, see what this man is doing? This man is constantly aggressing towards me. I am complying. He keeps pushing me. He wants to make, he wants to provoke me to hit him so he can have a legal right to put me in the ground, put me in the ground. I said, look in his eyes. That's a demon spirit, y'all. I have that on tape. And at that moment, he hesitated. You could tell he was confused. And then the elder officer walked up and walked in front of me, and he stood between me and the officer, and I said, sir, your officer is out of control. He is absolutely out of control. Look at him right now. He is acting like a dude on the street, two, two thugs that's been got into a conflict, and now he can't control his motion. He is absolutely out of control. He says, sir, let me just talk to you. Let me talk to you. He pulled me over to the side. The guy comes over. I said, excuse me. I said, get him. I said, get him. I don't want him near me. He's out of control. He tells the officer to step back, go get in the truck, go get in the car. What I'm saying, and I've seen this, with the guy who got killed, who had a permit to carry, and he told the officer he had a permit to carry, and he was showing the guy the permission, and, he just, and the police officer just shot him. And when the lady said, why did you do that? When the guy's girlfriend who was sitting in the car and her child in the back seat, and she's screaming, why did you do that? You know what that police officer said? I don't know. No, you don't know because you've been taking control over something that's more powerful for you because you yielded your members to him because of a spirit of hatred. And now your hatred just manifested in murder. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on, man. You know, I got to take you. That's deep. So I got a comment here. You can keep going, but I just want to say something. Y'all hear how he just did that? That was good. That was good. 
He took that off of the man and he put it on the spirit. Is the man still, like Purcell say, yielded his members? A lot of times people go to these hate sites. They go to these hate sites. They they got they got black people screwed up. And they saying all these crazy things about black people, taking over our country, this, that, that, and that, and that. It reminds me of the, of, of the guy that drove the crowd into the to to the uh, uh, in Virginia when the when the when that white supremacist group was marching. This white kid had enough, and he just went and drove his car to the protesters. That's what yeah. happens when you keep feeding on hate, feeding on hate, feeding on hate, feeding on hate, and now you got a badge. A lot of people join. They say join the police force so they can get black folks because they're trying to listen. I want I want I want Sure to finish, please, and I want to hear from everybody. But he that's serious what he just said. Hope y'all heard that. Purcell laid it out clearly. You have to lend your members. White folks, so-called white people, or so-called black people, black folks, you're not born that way. I don't believe it. You have to be taught, like Professor, you have to open the door. You have to keep hearing. Whites, certain whites are being told we're going to be a minority. What are you going to do for your race? You're a coward if you don't stand up for your race and do something. I'll tell us Troy, and I just, I want you to finish, Elisha, but I'll tell Troy about this and some other, you know, because Troy's not the only person I talk to that happens to be so-called white. But I was saying it to them. There's a lot of white guys that will cuss you out. What do you mean? They're just human. These niggas taking over our nation. We're about to become a minority white man. You're going to sit back and let this just happen? I told Troy, man, they would not like you. It's true. I haven't been on yeah. those sites, and they got a good argument. If you don't know what the Bible said, they got a good argument. They are going to become a minority. They don't like that, but I try to teach people, you are not your skin. You're not your skin. Go ahead, LSU, and we'll finish up here, and then I would like to hear from yeah. Purcell, Troy, and anybody on the phone line to get want to get in on this. Press one again. You can find some some network I have with Troy in Texas, brother Purcell, shared Cincinnati, Ohio. Pastor Chris, all the way forward. Since we got a call at LSU, who's normally a co-host on the show, uh, wrapping up here. Go okay, ahead, yeah, LSU. and this and this and now and I'll end this last thing with another incident. But I want to take this to a whole nother level because what we're dealing with spiritually. And people, please do not take this take this lightly because this is real talk. Real deal. We're not giving you information based upon the tree of the knowledge of good and inf- good and evil and just information, but giving you revelatory spiritual insight as to what we're dealing with as a people and what we're dealing with as a nation. Okay. Yeah. The scripture, Ephesians. I can't say exactly where it is. I was going to pull it up, but I don't six. have time. And that is six. 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 Ephesians six. Okay. six. Okay. It says is that uh, Ephesians six, and it's talking about. Spiritual warfare, wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, yes. Okay, but, but against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places uh, and principalities. Now, remember what I just said in principalities. Do you remember, gentlemen on the line, do you remember the way our culture was prior to the legislation of homosexuality in America? 
Which if you look back, you'll remember a lot of the conflicts that that that, that, that exist now. The Me Too culture, uh, the whole Black Lives movement. That movement being started about uh, by by people in the uh, LGBT community. All of that did not exist, but all of a sudden, now every time you turn on the television, you see some type of homosexual copulation on TV. Uh, we're going to take my youngest daughter to go see Buzz Lightyear, and then someone informed us that there was a scene in Buzz Lightyear where these two boys kiss. Oh, wow. Now, let me tell you why that is so fluent and so, and, and so extre- and now it's becoming like an everyday thing in our culture. And remember, it's satanic, yep. and it has a satanic yep. origin. This yep. is what's happening. Do you remember when the conflict between when, when – um, who was a Daniel had prayed to the Most High. He had prayed to the Most High, and he was waiting for an answer. And so he began to fast, seeking the answer to his prayer. And when the angel brought his prayer, he said, I sought to bring you the answer. I'm paraphrasing now. When you first made your petition, he said, but, he said, but I was withheld and restrained by the prince of Persia. And when I leave here, I'll go back into that battle. The prince of Persia was the sovereign ruling demon over Iraq at the time. That's why he was referred to as the prince of Persia. And when, that's in the book when, of Daniel, that's in the book of Daniel, the book of da- chapter 10, 13, 10, okay. 13. Go ahead. When President Obama lit the White House up in a rainbow and legalized homosexuality as a way of life in the United States, he gave legal access to a spirit of perversion. Remember what I said? He That's gave right. spiritual legal access because he was the head of the country. And he gave legal yeah. access and now homosexuality and perversion has just blown up in this nation. Legal now, authority. Let's go back. Yeah. Now let's go back to the subject at hand. Donald Trump Chief white supremacist, head of state. Situation that happened in January 6th when all them people stormed the White House. That was instigated by the voice and the word of Donald Trump. Prior to that, some 39 people in El Paso were killed by a lone gunman who took his keys, his orders, based upon what Donald Trump said. So now what you have is you have white supremacy converging with racism, but it's greatly manifested. And what was it that, what's the whole objective? It's to intimidate people. Now, uh, Troy was speaking of where, where people, it's like when they have these interactions, they're in fear. You know, Seth was making that point. Well, last, last point based upon another personal experience. I live in, I live in these apartments, I can't, and I'm not going to name the name of them. I had been there maybe a few weeks. Um, my daughters, we had just come from some place. I'm letting them out the car, pulling up in front of the townhouse. When they get out, I can look in my rear view mirror, and I see a SUV truck, white. It's a police truck. I see it when it turns the corner, and it makes a beeline for my car. And it pulled to within about eight inches of my car, literally, when it pulled up behind me. And I'm watching it. 
And all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit, I can hear them, the Holy Spirit saying, the point here is intimidation. This guy gets out, he's about 6'5". He walks up to me, I'm in the car, my girls have gotten out of the car, they stand, and they stand in front of the apartment on the sidewalk. Uh, and he walks up to me, and I said, officer, is there a problem, is there an issue, what can I help you with? He says, well, you, you're parked in the street. I said, no, I'm not parked. I just stopped. I got my hazard lights on. I let them exit the car. I was getting ready to drive off. I said, so is there any other issue? He doesn't say anything. He just stands there looking at me, looking down at me. I'm sitting in the car. So I just paused for about a minute. He still doesn't say anything. I said, officer, is there any other problem that I can help you with? I said, I'll tell you what. He said, yeah, the car is out in the street. I said, okay, I'll tell you what. Scoot, scoot to the side. Scoot, scoot, scoot. I take the car. I said, I'm going to park the car, Okay. I'm going to park the car. I park the car. I get out the car. I say, now, officer, is there anything else, any issue that you need me to comply with, what have you? What, what's the problem? He said, um, well, your tags are out on your car. It was a brand-new car. It was in the middle of COVID, and the state of Texas had basically said that anybody, registration, things like that, it was a, more, a memo that went out to said that basically that was suspended. That law was suspended. And for the next 18 months, for a year and a half, covering the time of COVID. Now, I'm aware of this as a civilian, so I know he's aware of it as a police officer, especially making traffic stops. I said, sir, you know that there's a COVID memorandum that for the next 18 months, those tags don't have to be changed. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no. What you're doing now is you're harassing me. I said, I don't know why you're here, but you're harassing me. Now, I looked over to my left, and I saw this white lady sitting up, standing out on the porch, looking at everything that was going on. So I knew immediately why he was there. I'm a new black person in an all-white, predominantly all-white community, and just because I'm there, she called the police on me for no reason. So I said, I'm supposed to go in the house. I said, you got any other problem, any other issue? He said, nah, man. I said, so am I, I said, so is there anything else? He said, well, um, didn't he say anything else? I said, I'll tell you what. Two things. You get the hell out from the front of my house. You are public servant. There's no laws being violated. So now this is at the point of harassment. And we don't need your assistance. So you get the hell out of my front of my house. Now, that police officer had me rattled. I went in my house, got my AR-15, and sat on the steps of my house, and I closed my door. I engaged my AR-15, and I pointed at the front door and looked at the camera. If that police officer would have attempted to open up that door, I would have waited until he got in, into the lobby, into the foyer right there, and I'd have entered that AR-15 in it. Yes, people, I'm a believer, but I also believe in self-preservation. And in a yes, situation sir. like that where you've already violated the law and your, and your motivations are real questionable now, I'm in a situation where I have to protect myself. Now, I'm a, believer. I'm a believer, and I thought, in other words, I didn't want to get that to the flesh. So what I'm saying is that when you see these situations where that guy was shot, like, I don't know, 40, 50 times in the back, when they shot that guy, and they said that guy was yeah. running, yeah. because he was in fear for his life. That's why he was running. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was in fear for his okay. life. Okay. And, 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 and let me say this, I appreciate you sharing. It's a little lengthy, but I, I appreciate that. Because people don't know, you almost had to talk that long to get that out, especially the last little words you just said. I did all that to show y'all I'm a believer, 
but that this fear thing, I think a lot of young people is where you're at, the way you ended that. Those last six words is the most yeah. important thing you said because you build up to that. And that's where a lot of these young people at. Listen, y'all, do y'all remember the guy that was shot? I think he was in Virginia, and the cop had him on the ground. And the guy gets up and starts walking away from the cop, looking back at him like, as if he was saying, are you sure you, you, I can go? He didn't say that, but he was walking away like, and people don't walk away from the cop. Normally, you go away from the cop, if they got you down, you just take off running. He didn't take off running. He took off walking, looking back at the cop, started walking kind of fast, and then he started to jog, and then pop, pop, pop. It don't take rocket science to know what happened there. That cop told him he could go, and he was looking back like, are you sure? Are you sure? Man, this ain't right. This don't feel right, man. This don't, you still standing there, man. This don't look good. He just took out running. He just got shot. I know that's why they gave him. And, he, and that cop went to jail. He might have got the death penalty. I can't forget, I forget where it was. There's been so many shootings. But LSU is on point. There's a lot of fear, y'all. A lot of these young people are provoked. And I will go back to say it. I'll say it till I die. I didn't engage too many white people. I'm not trying to be no house nigga for them. I ain't trying to kiss up today, kiss up on them. I ain't trying to be no stepping, fetching for them. I done been down the road of the white man is the devil. I done listened to the Khalid Muhammad's of the world. I done went to the school to Khalid Muhammad's in the world, Elijah Muhammad's in the world. Listen, brothers and sisters, it, that's the trick of the enemy, too. Because we're yep. doing what they're doing. If we're over here saying they all evil, and they're over there saying we all evil, and they ain't even listening to us, and we ain't listening to them, we're doing the exact same thing they're doing. We just don't have no power to go be on no police force, and, and, and we, it's not the kind of climate where we can act out like they act out. But many of us, if we had the wherewithal, and we weren't going to get caught, and we weren't going to go to jail, we'd be shooting them too. This is what I'm trying to say. The enemy is real. Hate is real. That's why I gave up on that long time ago. I don't think I ever really was hating. But what I'm trying to say is this. Elishua laid it out. Ephesians 6 says this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wild. Now, I thought we were standing against uh, white folks. Put on the whole armor of God. I'm talking to those of y'all that think like this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's not about nobody. Put on the whole armor of God, the armor of God, the biggest armor there is, that you may be able to stand against whatever comes against us that we stand against. The wiles, the trickery of the devil. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That is right there. But against, here it is. Principality. Do you know what that means, you warriors? Because that's what you're wrestling against. You're fighters, right? You do know about principalities, right? No, you don't, half of you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That's the first enemy. Against powers. Second enemy. Against the rulers of the rulers of darkness of this world. What is the rulers of darkness? That's the third enemy. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. You can't even comprehend this right here. These are your enemies. Wherefore, in course of flesh, 
Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that ye may be able to stand against in the evil day and having done all to stand. One more time. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. If they having done all to stand. In other words, there's nothing else to do to stand but this right here. And having done all to stand. There's nothing else to do. Well, no, it ain't got the white man down there. I don't know. Wherefore, take unto you the whole, uh, ain't no armor left on the ground. The whole armor that you may be able to stand against. Let me slow down. That you may, that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all. That's all it takes to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins adjured about. Now, here you go. Now you're ready to fight. Please tell me is your weapon in the next few verses. Is your weapon that you're fighting with right now, caller, listening? Or do you have these weapons right now? So here's the real battle. You should have these in your closet somewhere. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, that's the first part of your armor, and having on your breastplate, I hear somebody moving around, please watch the noise there, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, so you have truth, right? You got to be on the righteousness side. You have to have truth. You have to be seeing people the way they really are, seeing things the way they really are, seeing the Father the way you have to have truth, and then you have to have righteousness. And your feet shot about with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You got to come in peace. Above all, take on the shield of faith. You got to have faith. Work with you shall be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked. What I just gave you enables you to stand against all fiery darts of the wicked. Well, you know the economics are trying to boycott us out. They're trying to cut us out. Wherefore, you will be able to stand against all fiery darts of the wicked. You know, they're killing us in the street, man. Wherefore, you will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked. This is what I just said. That's real weapons. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. Don't take the salvation lightly, and darn sure don't take the spirit lightly, which is the word of God. One more time, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. My God, my God, that is our weapon. And I know some of y'all listening right now, and I'm going to go to, I'm coming to, uh, uh, the co-host next But I know some of y'all listening Saying yeah brother thank you that's good reading <laughs> That's why we ain't affected We don't believe in that that Armor I just said Because if you saw things The true way you can, I can break down this armor But I'm not going to do it for time's sake If you saw things the true way The true way God sees, sees and if you was going about things righteous, the righteous path, and if you was trying to find peace, this, this try to find the peaceful way, if possible, and you had to shield of faith, you believe God the most high for real, you'd be able to quench all the fire of the We don't believe in that. That's why we still got all these problems in this world, because we don't wear that armor. Uh, who haven't I heard from in a while? 
Uh, let's go to Troy. Troy hasn't heard from me in a while. Thank you, the last one. So go ahead and comment. So go ahead and, and, and comment. Folks, we wrap it up. We only have 15. LSU, I'm going to go ahead and let you go, man. Uh, I want to thank you for laying that out. That was beautifully done, brother. Beautifully, beautifully done. I'll praise him. Ohio. Have a good evening. I'm listening. All right. And he brought the fire, as he normally do. I really appreciate what he did because that, he, but he built that thing up to let y'all see the anger and the fear that's in the heart. You heard him talk about how he wanted to fight cops himself. You heard him say he's a believer. You heard him say he was provoked. He built that up. That was good. Three, I think three different occasions where he was going to do some of the cops, or two different occasions. But you heard how, if that's Ella sure, Believe you me, it could be you. He ain't a violent person. Uh, brother King, uh, brother Troy, please. Yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of what he said in in terms of how things can can build up and in, in injury. I understand a lot of those emotions. I've been in positions where I've been pushed, and I didn't think it was right, and I thought maybe I had to give it back, and fortunately. I, I tend to have a better handle on my temper and try not to let it get too loose because I'm afraid of the results. But, uh, yeah, it's incredible, this world, and the amount of pain and suffering that people go through just in everyday life. It, 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 it truly, truly is amazing that some people let even me, are willing to participate. Let me ask you this go ahead. before we go to uh, Pastor Chris and, and, and Purcell. Uh, and I know LSU was a little long, y'all, but I appreciate you co-hosts for waiting and letting them get that out because y'all see that 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 that, that was profound. He showed exactly yeah, sometimes how things need to be things, said. Yeah, he showed exactly how things happen, how it go from minding my own business to provoke. He showed how he pulled his temper in when his son walked up. He could have went ballistic, but he saw how, no, he wasn't out of control. Because some of y'all probably saying he just out of control. He saw his son. So that was good. That was good. Appreciate that. Uh, I want to say this to you, Troy. I want your comment on this. And uh, then we'll go to Pastor Chris. And, and, and uh, we may go over just a little bit, y'all, but we are wrapping up. We don't have no three-hour shows no more. But we was marching in Cincinnati against police brutality, and uh, there is this large group came from San Francisco, came from California. They came from all over the country, but mostly California. Now, I want y'all to listen to this very carefully. After Ella Shure made his, when he did his thing, listen to this, y'all, real quick, and it's going to be quick. So we march along, and we normally have about, I don't know, maybe 100 marchers. If we get 150, that's good. So we had about 100 march. We thought we were really doing good. Well, this group showed up from California with about 3,000 people. 3,000 people, all white. And I was marching with them. We were glad they came because they flooded the streets in Cincinnati. We marched up to a place called Washington Park. So I tell you later, you should know this. Or you probably remember this. It's on the news. This is what one of the main organizers of the march told me. We came because we don't we stand against the police. He said we really don't we're really not he said we he said we're not no he said we don't like police brutality. He said we don't like police brutality. 
That's what he said. We came because we don't have police brutality. But we disagree with you guys on y'all demand for good policing. Listen to this. <laughs> he said, we disagree with you guys on y'all's demand for good policing. We don't think there can be good policing. I said, what do you mean? We just don't want them to kill us. He said, well, we don't want to kill you either. That's why we're here. We're here because of all these unarmed black men dying. That's why we're here. But we don't agree with y'all demands for good policing. I said, why not? Listen to what he said. We disagree with the police altogether. Somebody's moving around just saying we heard you. So be careful. Just then you moved again. You can hear that. Line's very sensitive. He said the police was designed to police your people only. I was done. <laughs> he said they're not here to police the rich. They're not here to police the wealthy. They're not here to police a lot of white people. They're here my primary police black people. We disagree with them. We don't want no police. We don't we want the whole thing to start. We don't want a different way of managing people. I had never heard that. He said, we do not, there's no such thing as good police. What do y'all want them to do? Police y'all better. They're still going to be just policing y'all. Okay, let's say they quit shooting you. They're still going to be in your community. Just, you know, maybe they won't, even if they write people at the proper time, some of them be you guys that police them. They're policing the poor. He said, pretty much they just police the poor. And we don't like that. <laughs> Troy, I'd like to know your comment on that, yep. please. Well, i got to say, there's probably a lot of truth in that statement. Um, it's, it, it, you know, you want to stand up and you want to say, no, it can't be. It's got to be for everybody. But, you know, honesty will have the truth held in its hand. And you can't not look away from what's the truth. It hasn't been that way. In regards to that, that was that the that the police were designed to be targeted against one group one group of people. You know, I, I've I've never seen that in anywhere particular in the nature of things. But it doesn't mean that it's not true. I don't have a whole lot of argument to say that what they were saying isn't right. As far as, you know, being poor most of my life, I understand what it means when, you know, you like live this. in a Put neighborhood like where George, almost everything have, you're doing is suspect. Put it like this, Troy. Best example is we're going to come to Patrick Christian and, and uh, 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 we had a riot, the last big riot in America. Well, I'll take that back, St. Louis. Um, uh, no, since the police shootings, there have been some other riots. But Cincinnati had a big riot. I mean, big riot. And, I mean, mm-hmm. they quartered off. They made sure we only tear up the black community. I wasn't tearing up nothing, but they made sure. You could just see they, they protect the rich. What the guy was saying oh, is yeah. the cops was designed to protect the rich and police you. They, listen, I live in the neighborhood right now. I don't even, I, I'm not lying. Truth be told, I don't see a police car. I haven't seen a police car. But say you ain't gonna believe this. None of y'all may believe this. I ain't. It's called my street. But four times, and I've been over here two years. 
I see that many police cars where we move from in an hour. I don't think y'all do. I haven't seen the four police cars come down my street. And y'all know what that means. I live around a lot of whites. But it's a nice neighborhood. I see more police cars where I move from, and that was more than an hour. I called the police one time yeah. at the neighbor's car street because they were too loud, playing rock and roll or some crap. And the nine one one operator says, "Sir, are they? You saying they're loud? But is it celebratory or is it like violent?" I've never been asked that when I call a police previously when I live around blacks. You just say I have a noisy service and they coming. And when they came, I was dumbfounded. They pulled up, turned off their lights, walked calmly, some got back in that car, which was dark, no lights on. I'm like, my God, that's what they mean by they only police black people. Final words, Troy, and we're going to go to Pastor uh, Chris. Yeah, thanks. I, I, don't, um, I don't know what to say about that, but that's, you know, there you go. You know, it's crazy, and it could be true. I'm not going to say it's a lie. That's for sure. Yeah. Troy, I promise you, you, you if you notice, see, sometimes this is what I learned about a lot of our white brothers and sisters. They don't mean no harm. It's just that they don't have to know. Because they live a different life. Now, I know you don't, Troy, because I know you live a lot like some of us brothers live because you ain't got a lot of that moolah. But what I'm saying is a lot of our white brothers and sisters, a lot of our white brothers and sisters, they don't have to be thinking about this all the time. Because when they go to a function with their family, they're not oppressed by the police. Most cases, in most cases. And if all your family lives in Hicktown and mobile homes, you know, what they call what they what they call trailer trash, then yeah, y'all can be talking about the police. Because I've seen whites constantly talk about the police like we do. But they all broke. But if you got some uncles and some aunts that's really nice and you go into a family function, you're not gonna hear this. Because guess what? It's not your problem. And it's not black folk need to quit hating on white people. You don't have to be thinking about your problem, you don't think about their problem. If they're not harassed by the police and you are, why are you expecting me to come to the police all the time? Because they, well, they should love us and care about what we go through. Well, look at black people. We don't talk that much about abortion. And that's straight up murder. It's just people talk about what they see, pain they see all the time. So anyway, Pastor Chris, I know you want to jump in there. Go ahead. Pastor Chris. Seth, you talking to me, sir? Yeah, go ahead, Pastor. I just want a couple of things I wanted to say. First of all, I wanted to ask uh, El Yeshua, was that in Fort Worth or somewhere else that the police kept pushing him? Okay, hold on. Open up this line. El Yeshua, your line is now open. Go right ahead. Yes, that was in Fort Worth, Pastor Chris. And how you doing, Pastor Chris? I thought that was you on the I'm line. doing good, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing I'm glad well. you're back on the air, brother. Appreciate likewise. You. But I, I just hey, want to say, man, you thanks, brother. You know, to me is that, you know, Fort Worth 
has a problem with training officers. I'm thinking about like what happened with Miss Craig, what happened to a Tatiana. You know, there have been a lot of instances where people were shot questionably, you know, with a questionable thing. But I also gonna go back to the point police departments came from slave catchers. They were formerly slave catchers. And I think they still had the same attitude, we got to watch these black folks so they don't get out of the line. You know, just like you said, uh, that's about the uh, the police department are p- protecting property and rich folks. They're not about, yeah, and- you know, protecting us. Go ahead. Yeah, and uh, to Brother Troy, if you will go to Google and put in Origin of Police in America, the first thing you're going to read is this. The origins of modern-day policing can be traced back to the slave patrol. The earliest form yes, of slave sir. patrol was created in the Carolinas in the early 1700s with one mission, yep. <laughs> to establish a system of terror and squash slave uprisings with the capacity to pursue, apprehend, and return runaway slaves to their owners. That's the origin of the police. It was called slave patrol. And, yes, sir. And, you, and anybody yeah. knows, anybody who would have any spiritual comprehension understands that the origin of a thing dictates the manifestation of a thing. Yes, sir. I agree. And that's the origin. I and it still yeah, I, exists. Yeah, I'll look point. into that. I, that's not something I'd ever heard before, so that's definitely something I'll check into. Yes, yes. Yes, and, and you know, and the fact you know, I think it's systemic. You just like you got the blue, the cold blue with the police officers. You got the DA. You got the grand juries. They're the ones who decide what things are going to trial or not. The DA can say, "Hey, this is not an important issue, so I'm not going to pursue it." You know, because they have to. Police has to testify for them in their cases. So they they try they they try their best not to alienate the police department, and until we get rid of that system, it's going to continue. Because I, I'm sure with Ella Shua, that was a good example of hey, ain't no nothing's going to happen to me. I'm gonna keep pushing you. I'm not gonna have an exactly. officer or somebody tell me. And Ella Shua wasn't even the person involved in the accident. He was like no, secondary or tertiary to that. And well, so why was the officer pushing him? Well, let's do this. I'm going to get uh, Purcell in here. And then what I'd like to do is something to do. Purcell, uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time here. So I want you to take the time that Purcell has responded to everything you've heard since you haven't stayed much in the last 30 minutes. Um, and then what we're going to do is something unique. I want y'all to put a minute clock in here. Don't go no more than a minute. Mm-hmm. And everybody get a solution, including Ella Shure. We'll let you go first after Purcell. So, uh, tell you what, y'all, I've got to do this. Patel, you go. We're going to take a little short, short break. Again, folks, you tune into the Five Minutes Stone Network. This is Brother Seth. I have a lot of stuff on the line tonight just talking about we pretty much uh, uh this open forum down to the police uh, brutality and solution. So what i like to do is, Patel, you go ahead and comment on what you're saying or what you're hearing. And then we're going to take a little short break. When we come back, LSU will give us lessons. I'm going to put y'all on the time. That's the best way. We've got to wrap up y'all. People are like these three hours show. So let's, 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 uh, for Purcell at this time. Well, I, uh, 
like I said earlier, man, this thing is this thing is really uh, it, it's it's really out of control. Um, and I think I think one thing that I said earlier that I believe that's going to be uh, pertinent in the direction of um, solution is we, we, we somehow there's going to have to be a revolution in the police department. There's going to have to be a remnant formed within law enforcement that says, you know what, enough is enough, man. You guys been getting away with this foolishness long enough, you know, and we need them to stand against the ones that um, are defaming the badge, quite frankly. Um, very much like racism. Um, it's gonna it's not gonna take uh I believe black people to um, have to deal with or come up with a solution for this racism piece. I believe it's our counterpart that's gonna have to stand up like a uh um the, the gentleman that's on that's co-hosting with us, or that's our special guest tonight, um, is it John? Troy. Troy, Troy, Troy. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I had a brain. No, that's okay. Right there. Um, good. But I think it'll take the courage of a Troy to. Um, to um, pull together some of Troy's counterparts and who ha- who are like-minded to come against what they're seeing in our community that, like Troy said earlier, he could see. He didn't even have to know all the dynamics of what was happening with George Floyd to know that what he saw was happening was not right. Okay? So I think it's going to take the Troy and the Troys alike to say, you know what? That ain't right. You guys need to do something about that because that ain't right. You shouldn't be handling them people like that. You shouldn't be talking to him like that. Why? I mean, it's going to take, it's going to take them. It's like in my house. Let, let, me, let me bring it a little closer to home. In my house, my wife and I, if there is an issue with the children, my wife and I have a blended family. Nobody would ever know that unless you heard this conversation. This is how um, our family has jailed. You don't know that my ch- her children are not really my children, and my children and her children are not really siblings. 
You don't know that. But for for the sake of this point that I'm making, when there was an issue as, as it relates to discipline, her children are going to go with her. If I'm disciplining them and she is in disagreement with, with not disciplining them, they're going to go with her. So I would say with her, I would say to her, babe, it's going to take you telling them that they out of order in order for us to appear at the united front. It's not, it don't matter what I say or how I say it, but until you say it, then it will become gospel. That's the same way with this scenario. Until the police, I think Seth brought up a point where here in Cincinnati, they had the police, police the police. Until our world surrounding communities get that mentality where we're going to have our police, police our police, because we know all of our police is not policing. They're not protecting and serving. So we need to deal with that. Until we do that, then we're going to continue to have the problems that we have. As long as we tight lips like that and nobody, everybody that sees something won't say something, it's still going to be an issue. I understand the whole fear uh, having to deal with um, worried about whether or not their family will be attacked and all this. I, I get it. I do. I get it. But we have to stand or they're going to have to stand. In order for there to be change, they're going to have to, to, to stand against the injustice. So that's what it's going to take. Racism, it's going to have to, it's going to take uh, the Troys and the Troys alike to stand against racism. In the church, it's going to take, I hate having to say this, the white church against, it's the white church and the black church. If you're a believer, you understand there's white churches and then there's black churches. That ain't nothing but segregation. But we all supposed to be brothers and sisters. Come on, man. The the white church is going to have to stand up against that foolishness. Because, quite frankly, black churches don't have an issue uh, fellowshipping with white people. I know it for a fact. As a matter of fact, growing up, I had a white girlfriend that I could bring home. My wife, my mom wasn't real crazy about it per se, but my mom wasn't uh, rude to her either. You know what I'm saying? My mom accepted her as as if I brought a black girlfriend home. But now listen to this. I couldn't go to her house. I couldn't kick it with her, her parents. Right. 
Purcell. This is not for me. Hold on, hold on, Purcell. Can you hear me? Yeah, I want you to I'm finish. finish. I want you to finish. I'm finished no, right here. No, you're not. No, you're not. Finished. I'm finishing you right finish. here. Finishing well, right here. Okay, go ahead. I promise you, I'm finishing right here. I want to. What I was going to say you was saying. I was. I was. I wasn't stopping you. I was wanting to comment oh. on something you were saying. I want okay. you to finish. But what I was going to okay. say to you is this: Too many times people say what you're saying, and if the white so Troy is not a representative for all white people. He ain't trying to be, ain't putting that pressure on him. Neither are we a representative of all black folk. <clears throat> We're just not going to put that kind of pressure on either one of us. What I'm here is to say this. There are white people that's got a lot to say for why you weren't invited over their house. Racism, this is what we talk about on Sunday, folks. Remember I have a show on Sunday? Mondays and Thursdays. On Sundays, this is what I deal with. I try to get us to see why whites do what they do. They're not stupid. They're very intelligent. They may be intelligently wrong. Hear me out. I want you to finish. I'm not talking long. Give me about 30 seconds here. Literally 30 seconds. I just want to interject quickly and say this. There is a reason for everything when you see millions of people doing it, you got to figure out what that reason is and dismantle it with truth. A lot of our white brothers and sisters listen to demons. They listen to lies, deception, and they're acting out on that, and it makes them look like devils. But if you ask them why are you doing that, they're going to give you a very intelligent reason. Our neighborhoods do go down when we move into them, some of us. That's true. Some of us are violent. That's true. Our houses are disproportionately led by women. They may not want their kids led. That's true. But you, you, they never ask this, why is it like that? Why are we disproportionately in prison? So when you start talking like that, then you can, you can reach them. But just saying what you're saying, we know that. We've always been exceptional to them. Right. Because we actually think they're better, some of us. That's the sickness we have. Else we'll do like Elijah Muhammad and say, you can't bring your white ass in here. I'm not saying he see them right. He's deceived too, I think. But what I'm saying is, Purcell, you see what I'm saying? I'm trying to say, Purcell, you got you to gotta know why. You have to hit that. That's what, you just can't say Troy to the world got to get involved, and then Troy hear what you say and go, oh, I'm going to get involved. It don't work like that. Troy got to see your pain. He got to see that he saw the, the neck on the guy, knee on the neck. But it's too many black people they showing, running from the police, hitting the police, and all this. So there's not an outcry in the white community because they feel like we're partially responsible. That lie. Hit it right in the face. Then I agree. Get the, I'm serious. I'm serious. I've seen them come around. But you gotta, you gotta attack. Why are you sitting here, with the church, and not helping us? Why in their outcry? You gotta listen what they're saying to this, to, to to challenge those lies because they're full of lies. They're full of lies. Kenneth Hagin, one of the greatest writers of our time, told me he don't believe in race mixing. Well, Kenneth Hagin, I got news for you. You need to keep reading. Because the early people were black. 
So you're actually not racist. You come from Africa. Tell Kim and Hagen, man, how can you race mix? You know, you have, to, you have to break it down because he's thinking, well, you people are out of control. Well, the reason why we're out of control is because we've been under this slavery system, white supremacy. That's why now we look like monsters and y'all running from us. And yeah, y'all right. A lot of us are acting like monsters. But what about those of us that's not acting like monsters? You got to say that to them. No, what about a nice neighborhood? What about Buckhead Bankhead in Atlanta? What about another thing where y'all ain't got no where you where you not even nowhere around and it's no crime? What about Africa, the motherland? What about your civilization? Your very that's where you come from. And then say this to them. How can you be superior when there wasn't no Europe? There was Africa for thousands years, there was no Europe, there was no nice body white skinned people. Break it down to them. Now you get them to come around, but just saying, y'all need to help us. How come we always help y'all? That, that's what we've been doing. That's that surfacey stuff. Not that you surface it because you can't say everything, because you do get into the meat tonight even. You understand what I'm saying, Purcell? Yes, sir, I do. Go I ahead do. and finish, man. I, but I still believe, I still believe, uh, now you said they have to, they have to, our pain, or they have to see our pain. They they see the pain, but they don't see our they don't see our mindset. I, I don't yeah. think whites are doing what we're doing. They're saying it's all we're both doing the same thing. I, I'm listening. You know, I wish Brother Kenwin was listening tonight because yeah, you know, it's just we just keep saying all of them. They saying all of us, and we ain't getting nowhere. We don't talk. I'm telling you, Troy for one. I'm not just saying it because they're on the line. You hear I'm talking right now? Troy ain't no pussy. <laughs> this guy, you need to see him physically looking. He looks intimidating. And he ain't no wuss. He just ain't talking a lot like he normally talks. But he ain't scared of nothing. He will disagree. He's Republican. Right. He don't agree with everything on the right. But he stands his own. I'm saying they don't want to see us beat down. They don't want to see stuff going on with us. Everything I pretty much talk about, we talk about Troy agree with. I know he do, most of it. I'm just saying the problem I hate, and that's why I did the show on Sunday, we are not listening to each other, man. Hey, y'all need to help us. You need to help us. And then they'll feel bad. You make white people bad. Yeah, you're right. But then they look at how we acting. I'm at work, it's these black people coming up in there with do-rags on their head. One girl, two black girls come, don't even know each other. Both of them bring blankets to work. When did people start wearing do-rags, some things black women wearing their Ain't no other ethnic group doing that. And so why are you looking at that? And It's scary. No, 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 no. It's, it's scary, bro. It's scary. And then you just want them to, they don't want you to be down, but at the same time, it's stuff we're doing. You got to tell them, yes, let me tell you why they're doing that. But did you notice Mr. White Man and Mr. White Lady that that black person over there ain't doing it? So let's analyze why she's wearing that. She don't give a F-U-C-K. That's why right. she got the blank. She cold. And you cold too, aren't you cold? Well, yeah, I'm cold. I'm cold. Wow. Well, see, you cold and you ain't got enough courage to get a blanket. She just going to put a blanket in. <laughs> like she had yeah. or something. I'm just saying yeah. you got to break down our culture and why people do what they do. I've been talking enough. 
Troy, we make I don't think we need lot. to do that. Go ahead, Purcell. I don't think we need to do all of that. I don't. I just don't. I just think when you're talking about grown people, I don't care, black, white, purple, pink, green, I don't care. Right is right and wrong is wrong. If you see wrong and you don't say nothing, you part of the problem. Let me tell you, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, I believe it's in Third John. This is what it says. And this freed me up, man. This this word right here freed me up. The Bible said, if any if any come unto you with any other doctrine other than that of Jesus Christ. Don't receive him in your house. Then listen to the B clause. If you do, then you're a partaker of his evil deeds. I'm going to say it one more again. The Bible said, if any come unto you with any other doctrine other than that of Jesus Christ, Don't receive him into your house. If you do, then you are a partaker of his evil deeds. Okay, so let's flip it to what I just said. If you recognize injustice or, or someone is being wronged, and you don't say anything, then you're a partaker with the one who's doing wrong. Let me let me explain. And then I want to get in uh, Pastor Chris and, and Troy also real quick. Folks, we're just going to run over, so it's all there is to, but we're trying our best. This conversation is good. Let me just say this, Purcell. I think what's happening is this. And I'm going to be honest. I think I just, I used to worship with whites. I used to go to Bible school with whites. I used to go to Bible class with whites. I was a part of the first church integrating Fort Worth called Prayer Faith Temple. It was the first integrated church. So I have this. Seth, let me, hold on, let me interject right here. Let me interject right here because I go feel ahead. like, this is what I feel like. I feel like we somehow bashing white people. That's what it kind of sounds like. So at the risk of it sounding that way, I don't particularly, uh, I don't want to sound like that, first of all, uh, because, because I don't, I, like this, we don't have an issue with police. Like when you get the thing, the whole idea of defunding the police, that's, that's not my position. My position is let's get rid of these bad apples. I got a problem with the police who uh, uh, have a, a, a history of police brutality, and they just go from station to station to station with this stuff in their record. Let's get rid of them, not get rid right, of the right. police. 
the white people, the white people that are that uh that who lifestyle is racism, hate, all of this type of stuff. Let's let's get deal with them because there are white people. But the reason I was using the analogy that I use as far as the choice, because I believe choice, just just from the times that I've been on the radio, the the, the Five Blue Souls Network with him, I believe that there is an unction of uh, disdain in his heart where some things are concerned as it relates to uh, injustice. I believe that. Now, if if he and, like I said, the Troys alike were to come together to deal with that, because, see, they will hear from them. We can't show up talking about how you acted racist and this this is ridiculous and you, you don't need to be acting like this, you don't need to be handling people like this. We can't do that. But right. they can. Right, but- Right, but Purcell, I got you. I got you, y'all. The reason why I'm doing this is because of time. Uh, otherwise, I would sit back. But this is when I start interrupting folks, so just know it's coming. All right, Troy, I got you up next. So I want to do what you can. We're using your name a lot. So I want you to just come in and just speak for yourself here in a second. But this is what I was addressing, Purcell. Now, Lord, help me this quickly. Quick, because we've got to wrap up. I was addressing mainly you saying why a lot of whites are quiet. There's a lot of whites, so-called whites. I hate using that term, too, but, I, you know, I don't know if I use a term I like. like I just, y'all bear with me. Just look at it like There's that. a lot of, if you want to get them involved, so to speak, if we can say them, you got to know what they're thinking. And I know what they're thinking. I hear what they're thinking. I hear the debates from the white supremacists. I know exactly what they're going to say if they was on the show. So I try to go with what they're saying and show them if they are in error because sometimes they say things that are true. If they say something about our people that's true, I say that's true. But you got that truth mixed in with error. No, right. all black folks don't act like that. You got to explain why is that. If they're all incompetent, why are they doing it? So let's analyze these black folks that's giving you trouble. We're supposed to want to harm you if you're harming us. Some of these black folks y'all love is what they will term house niggas. Mm-hmm. They're not very good about protecting us. Because truth be told, if you're harming us, the one guy in New York said it best. Every time you take one of us, we're taking two of y'all. I say, now that sounds like a person that's awake, but he might sound militant to you, don't he? But let's look at it like this. Suppose a black person kill a white person. I bet you would think like that. So it's normal to want to kill if somebody's killing you. So let's quit demonizing the black young folk that's talking about hurting y'all. Let's quit demonizing. So we start there. We both agree on that. I said, well, let's look at our culture. Let's break it down. We are democratic. Let's talk about why we're democratic. Yeah, the Democrats are racist too. We've been bamboozled, you know. Some some views we have to we I go toe to 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 toe to
toe-to-toe with every single thing they have against us. And that's how you reach your brother. Some things I think I'm right in, I find out when I get done talking to Troy. Okay, you got me there, Troy. Now that Troy's against me, or he ain't one of those enemies like that, I'm mainly talking about other those hardcore white. Troy pretty much think like we do on a lot of stuff. His mother's a Christian, they Christian, they believers, not just saying they Christian, they really live in this thing trying to. So, you know, he's different. Yeah. He's kind of different, but there's millions of people like Troy that think I, I want to talk to him. It's, it's, it's some other people that I talk to, I, you know, and, and uh, most whites I talk to, and I don't think they're lying. They don't want to see black people shot. There's only these extreme people that say we're about to be a minority, and they feel like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a clarion cry to do something. Those are the people we're talking about on the police force. But these other whites, in order to wake them up, man, you've got to talk to them, get them on your show. It's got to get heated. you got to get heated. You got to get them out. You got to get it heated. I'm not even talking about Troy's. I'm talking about racists that say, no, we're tired of you niggas. They're like we're saying, we're tired of y'all. You got to get them on. Okay, why are you tired of us? What do we do to you? We built this country. And now we're the minority in our own effing country? Figure that out. Now you got to explain that. They did build this country. Somewhat, they they told the blacks what to do, but you gotta ask, who are you in prophecy? Did you know that God called y'all for a season to do what you did, and you actually had the power of God behind you? It wasn't your might. If you don't talk about that, you're gonna lose the argument because they did build a lot of this country. They did, they did, they told us. Do, go here, go there, go there. They did bring in a lot of infrastructure. They did bring in the trains and all this a lot. They it, they couldn't have did it without the black uh, slavery, sl- slavery. But they're going to say, well, why didn't y'all take Well, y'all allow us to read. And keep in mind, they had railroad tracks. Y'all ain't talking about with railroad tracks. You got to talk about Africa. You got to talk about the motherland. You got, you got to go there, man. If you don't go there, we ain't going to never come together. That's why I do what I do on Sunday nights. Brother Troy, final words. Give it about uh, y'all. Come, give me about no more than two minutes, please. And then we'll go to Ella Shore. Two minutes. Then we'll go to Pastor Chris, and then back to Purcell. We'll wrap this show, y'all. Please try to stick with two minutes, please, please. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put you on All the right. timer. All right, no words. Everybody going on the timer. Everybody going on the timer. Because I don't think we can do it. Yeah. Everybody going on the timer. So let's do it. Starting right. Yeah, I. I I hear a lot of what's being said, and, and Seth and I talk about this, and, and sometimes he asks me a question, and I look at him, and I just say, well, you have the answer. And he looked at me and said, what? I said, it's the Bible in your hand. It's the Word of God. It's the path of Jesus. And I think that truly is the absolute response to the deal. And one of the things that America has a problem with right now is Nobody's out preaching Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about individual churches and stuff like that. I'm talking about leadership and stuff. We got people up there in Washington. They, they, they profess to be religious, and they're doing this for a religious reason. But I think if you look at their checkbook, you don't believe that to be true. I think that there's a lot to be said 
that we need to start teaching our children. I've always said the best revolution you can have is teach your children. Your children are the future. They're the ones that you're going to be able to change. Life for you is not going to change that much between now and your end of time. But your children's world, that one's still open. Now, there's a lot of negative things and a lot of, a lot of adversity and a lot of things to face. But unless we find a way to make people come together, which I believe that's what we call the word of God, that we're not going to be able to get that kind of a stand together. There's a lot of systemic stuff out there. I don't know how we I don't know how we defeat that. I honestly don't have a plan. That's just I mean that's not my gift apparently. But I just like to remind everybody that one of the things that a lot of people really don't understand is it's not this flesh that you wear that God gave you that you worried about. It's your soul. When you're dead, you ain't taking your flesh with you. It's your soul. It's what you do with that soul that counts. It ain't no easier to live in this lifetime when your flesh is, is being destroyed and tempted and all that kind of stuff. But that's temporary. Kingdom of heaven is forever. Anyway, that's what I got to say. Okay, well, Troy, again, appreciate you coming on. That was I promise awesome. y'all, 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 thank you, Priscilla. Priscilla said that was awesome. Troy, I appreciate you coming on, brother, and um, I don't know when you'll be able to come on again with a schedule, but, y'all, we go deep. We talk about some things we cannot talk about on this air. We go deep. And he talked, believe it or not, Troy talks more. Troy talks like, who's vocal? Ella Shaw. Ella pretty vocal. He kind of like me. That's how Troy is. Troy can talk. He just let me all just being respectful. But you'll get him in. Second and third year sooner or later But I think he did, thought he did good tonight As far as guests So we again appreciate you Troy Appreciate the gift you brought tonight Okay well, Thank All right. you for having me Yes sir Yes sir Alright The one and only Pastor Alfie Chris uh, want to, Well hold on Let's go to Ellis Shaw. He He's uh, kind of a guest too tonight Ellis Shaw, Go ahead and wrap up in less than two minutes Okay that's Troy Hold on everybody Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I told you I put y'all on timer, and he tried kept within this. All right, Ella, sure you're next. If you can keep within the time as well, brother. Final words, please, man. Again, thank you for what you did earlier. Thank you. Uh, uh, as Brother Troy just said, we have to go to the Word of God, and if we will go to the Word of God, we have to understand that we can look at this from, from political performance views, but the Word of God is the final say so, and. The subject that we talked about, talked about tonight, the issue at hand is black people. There's no other issues. We don't have nobody complaining about police brutality. It's about black people. Read two scriptures, and then I'm, I'm going to beat the timer. In Revelation 12 and 17, the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. The woman is Israel, which keep the commandments of God, of Elohim, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation 18. Uh, 18.4 Now I can start with three For all nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich Through the abundance of her delicacy And I heard another voice from heaven saying Come out of her, my people That you be not partakers of her sin And that you receive not the plagues For her sins have reached unto heaven And God hath remembered her iniquities America, we got some dark days ahead. 
We have the political leaders, whether they be Republican or Democrat, and they are exploiting our differences to cause contention and to cause strife. And where strife exists, it says every evil work exists. And that is what we are currently experiencing. As far as this police issue, issue of brutality, uh, it's not going to change. And as far as us looking for white people to be of good heart to make a change, it's real simple. Nobody invests in something that is not to their benefit or the preservation of their security. So they have no investment, no interest in investing themselves and dealing with issues like police brutality to the point it would be a change. Because the only change that can happen in regard to that is just what Pastor Chris said. you got to tear the system down and start from the ground up because you can never forget the origin of which it was initiated, for which it was given life and purpose. And so the reality is I speak to Israel. I don't have a position. All I can do is give you the word. And I say is that be safe. And Seth said something the other night, and I'll leave you with this. The less you walk in the spirit, the less, I'm sorry, the more you walk in the flesh, the more you become subject to the spirit of white supremacy. If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And everything that we've discussed in regards to these people's behavior and in regards to their mentality and their attitudes is all oriented in the flesh. So we must arm myself and walk in it. This is not a time to play church anymore. Yeah, this is D-Day, baby. We're getting close. And literally, America has got to fall in order for these people to enact a new world order. And so that's it. I'm out. Well, again, I want to thank you. Very, very well spoken. Uh, uh, I want to just say one little thing as far as white people, as far as all this, just Brother Seth talking. LSU, your line is still open in your defense. You can comment if you want to after I say this. If one white person, I'll take them one at a time, if you can convince them, and not that you want to spend all your life trying to convince people, but if people cross your path, people think I'm on a mission to save white folks. I'm on a mission to save white people. I am, and you better be too. We're Israel. We're supposed to be saving the planet. So, yes, criticize me all you like, I am. But I don't go out of my way. If people cross my path, I'm on a mission to reach our people. And if I'm going to reach our people, if someone cross my path and they don't look like our people, we dialogue it. And if they bring up this, any lies, if they do, sometimes they enlighten me. How about that? But if they bring up these lies, they're being addressed. And guess what? Every once in a while, the Father allowed me to break through. I have reached so many so-called white people. It ain't even funny. So I know what I'm saying to be true. If you can, if you can get them to be honest, and talk about their, their their insecurities and what they how they perceive black people. You can help them get see the light. Don't go out of your way. Don't don't abuse black folks to get the same white folks. Don't do no step infection stuff. But if people want to know, and they say you know well I I, don't, I hate George. man there was more people marched for white people marched for George Floyd in the end than there was blacks in the end. In the end, you can't tell me all the people was faking. Did some of them follow the crowd? Yeah, that's always true. But there was a global movement of white people standing up. What I'm trying to say is I don't think the average white person want us 
beat up, brutalized by the police. They just feel like they're protecting us, so they're our guys. But we don't want to protect them. We want to protect everybody, but we definitely want them protecting us. So we don't want to mess up our own security. I mean, when you think like that, look how many black folks don't even speak for black folks. So is there any wonder white people love the police? They're always protecting most of them, in most cases, not all cases. So I'm saying you have to go and say, listen, you cannot sit in all you want, but this is the devil behind them cops, and eventually they're going to come for your kids because Satan don't give a flute about black or white. Once you understand what Purcell said in the beginning and what LSU was saying, that it's spiritual warfare, and if they're coming after your kids next, oh, Lord, I guarantee you're going to wake up some people. Anyway, LSU, thank you again for your comment, brother. Like what? Uh, Pastor Chris, and then we'll go to Purcell Lab. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to say uh, I kind of agree with LSU. I'm just going to go a little deeper, but what he was saying, if we hit Riverlights, we're not going to be here forever anyway. And the system, I think the system is too far gone, just like the brother said, and we need to get up out of here. You know, the Egyptians, the Hebrews would have never left Egypt if it was easy on them. Pharaoh had to tighten up the screws, and they just said, hey, this is getting too bad for us to be here. We need to get out of here. God, Elohim. Elohim's action has never with the with with the Egypt with the Hebrew Israelites in Egypt. He didn't say stay there and integrate with the people. He told them to get out and start your own. And I think at this point in our history, that's the only thing that's going to really solve this problem is that we and have you know to what? leave. You say, huh? You know what? Just go ahead. Just again, again, finishing up. Uh, I really, 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 really do agree. I hope y'all yeah. understand, but that ain't changed. I do agree that there's going to be some white in power and, and not in power. You're just not going to be able to reach. And I think most of them are not going to want to hear what you say again. It's not their problem. They're not, it's not a big, they're, they're not in a dire need to hear our view on this. Again, the police is protecting them. So because right. of that, Brother Pastor Chris is right, Ellis is right. The best solution is to come out of her my people. That's yes, right. Yes. That, that's yes, going to yes, be the because. best. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, don't give up on the righteous, those that are really No, no, I'm not giving wanting, up. I'm just wanting. saying we are not supposed to be here all of our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yahweh Absolutely. said he's going to bring us back to the to island. Absolutely. You know, and when you look around, you know, if you study history, when you have been enslaved to somebody, and we can we can admit this, you lose your humanity in their eyes. So that's Absolutely. why they don't have no problem killing us, beating us up. You know, I was thinking about Rodney King. All this stuff is because you know I. To be honest, I said it in the sermon before. I think I I would do better in the United States if I was an animal. But they seem to get more protection than we get. So I'm just saying, since we have lost our humanity in their eyes, I think that's why Elohim said, hey, Hebrews, y'all going to have to get out of Egypt. You've been slaves here. These people are never going to treat you right. Y'all come over here. I'm going to be with you. Y'all go into Canaan land like I promised Abraham, and I'm going to get y'all in that because you cannot remain in Egypt, the land of bondage, 
and expect these people to respect your humanity. That's it. Powerful. And I agree. I agree. That is the ultimate solution. I think that's the best solution. And I do think a remnant of, this, a remnant of us is going to return. My thing is yes, just sir. with Israel, and we're supposed to be reaching out to all the nations all the time, 24-7. That's what we're about. And, 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 and as long as you're saying when somebody crosses your path of another nation, another mother nation, they may not be white, they may be Indian. We have a responsibility to to share about this God, about his power, and to, yes, and, and to engage them when we hear these crazy lies they're thinking about us to help them. And uh, But as far as the whole nation crying out against the police and it's all, I kind of agree with you. I don't know if it ever happened. I don't, I don't believe it. I don't think so. I don't think they'll ever all the whites cry out against the police and shut them down and all the rich. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think y'all are right. The ultimate, just let them, just so people know, Brother Seth, why I'm saying, Ella Shure, Pastor Chris, and Brother Seth, what he's been saying since 2011 is right. Kofa, come out of her, my people. Come yes, out sir. from among her. Kofa, Kofa. Absolutely, I agree with it. But I do think I have a responsibility, again, to those, because when Israel came out, wherever Israel went, there was always these strangers among us. We don't spend all our time on the strangers. I ain't that kind of black, so-called black person either. Spend all your time, both things, that's what I'm about. Y'all got to learn me now. If those you don't know, not spend all my time, you know, uh, you know, just constantly. No, no, I'm not. I'm not so busy trying to be friends with whites to the detriment of Israelites. I just love all people. I love them all, and I feel a mission. Like Fair Price said, he called it black folk. I don't say it like that. That's not scripture, Fair Price. I mean, don't. But I feel like this. I'm called Israelite. It's like Moses was called Israelite. Were you racist? No. I'm called Israelite. But I feel like it's salvation to the Jew first. But um, then I'm the Gentile. Yeah, then I'm, I'm to the Gentile. And Troy has proven to be worth my time. Uh, Sterling and a bunch of other gentlemen I can call out. And, uh, not just where I'm at now, but when I was at uh, Continental, when I was at American Airlines, it was all freedom, all types of people I spent time with. There was a whole lot of black folks, but, I mean, there was a few whites that really took to me, and I took them, and I was able to help see, them see the light of some things, and they came around. I never will get it. I will call his name out, but uh, actually I can't think of his name. But there was this one guy, he was showing up racist, John, what's his name? He was racist all get out. I told him to read the book of Leviticus and come back and tell me, what I think it was. I didn't tell him what I thought it was. And he the one came back and said, it was as if these people was dark skinned in, in chapter 13. I didn't say read chapter 13. He said, they turned white. It was turning white. I said, it's funny you said that and not me. He ended up being born again. So, you know, anyway, Pastor, uh, Chris, thank you very much. Appreciate your time okay, tonight, thank you, Appreciate sir. you. Appreciate you. Bro. All right. And uh, the one last but not least, uh, 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 <laughs> Purcell, hopefully they heard you tonight, bro. You said a mouthful a lot of times tonight. It's good to have you back. You did your thing. 
So go ahead and give us final. And again, in less than two minutes, if possible, so you can wrap it. All right, all right. I'll close with this. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? (laughs) But they that do the will of my father. I'm concerned with, you all kind of hit it a little bit, to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. I'm concerned about the believer. When I was talking about Troy and the Troys alike, I'm talking about the believers coming together. Because it's the, it's the will of God and the word of God for the people of God to become one flesh. Okay, period. It is my concern. The body of Christ is not where they need to be, is not functioning in the capacity that the most high uh, uh, would have us to be functioning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. It, it, for me, it's all about salt life. It's salt life. The book of Matthew, the fifth chapter and the 13th verse said, Ye are the salt of the earth. The salt lose his savor. Wherewith shall it be salted? We have to, as believers, think differently. We have to, as believers, walk differently. We have to, as believers, talk differently. Why? Because we are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, the Part of the problem is we have gotten away from the kingdom principles that salvation is is founded on. We've gotten away from that. We don't believe God is God. We don't believe God is the Father. We don't believe that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. We just don't. We do too much silly stuff and too much worldly stuff in the body of Christ to believe that or to exemplify that to the Gentiles. So it is the body of Christ that's going to have to come together and realize who they are. And like uh, I believe in Second Chronicles uh, 7 and 14 told us that we need to humble ourselves and pray. Turn from our wicked ways. We have to recognize what we're doing and what we're not doing. We're the salt of the earth. We, man, I'm so passionate about this right here. I, I, I just really can't get beyond that. We are the salt of the earth. But yet we are set up like a gang in the body of Christ. We set up 
like a game. And we are at odds with one another over the silliest stuff. We are the salt of the earth. It is the Gentile that's looking to the salt, saying, okay, this is how it should be done. Or they're looking for the example from us. We are to to be the example in the earth. And that's the last thing on our mind. So, brothers and sisters, again, we are the salt of the earth. You can say what you want. Add whatever you want to add to that. Take whatever you want to take away from it. But we are the salt of the earth. And until we line up and come into the unity of the faith, ain't none of this stuff going to matter. None of it. Because he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Spot or wrinkle. We need to get more about the Father's business and forget about all of this foolishness. We need to get about the Father's business. We need to get about kingdom business. We need to bring the kingdom to the earth. Remember, Jesus said, pray in this manner. Thy kingdom come. We got to get the kingdom to the earth. We're responsible for that. We are the ones responsible for that. Who's going to bring the kingdom to the earth? Who else going to do it? The Gentile ain't going to do it. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Last scripture. Amen. Amen. Last scripture, and I'm saying. <laughs> I promise you. Go ahead. Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. The part of that scripture that we miss, this is what we miss, because we always say, put God first. You know, you got to put God first. And we don't, we never reference his righteousness. We always say, put God first, put God first, but we don't never reference his righteousness. The thing that's going to bring to all other things is for us to seek to be in right standing with the Father, period. And I'm finished. Well, Purcell, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Purcell, well, brother, you yeah. know this, man. I, I hear your heart. That's why I didn't want to interrupt you even. Uh, I hear your heart. Um, that was powerful. And I hope everybody heard you because uh, that was the word. We're too divided. We're too divided. Folks, we just divided. He's absolutely right. Well, like I say so often, I love every single one of y'all, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I thought this show nailed it. I really do. I thought Purcell did a wonderful job. I thought Troy did excellent. Pastor Chris, good hearing from him. 
And um, I'm, I just, I'm thankful for you, brothers. You know, y'all, y'all are somebody. And I feel sorry for people that that missed the show tonight because tonight y'all really deserve Um, my goodness, what can I say? Folks, we this every Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. Again, we are the Five Smiths on Network. Just some brothers that are trying to make a change. And um, we may come off as know-it-alls. I don't know how we sound to some of y'all, but we're as humble as as it gets. Make our Savior happy with us, with our uh, hearts. we're just trying to make our Savior happy, y'all. Want to be pleasing in His eyes, and that's that's as best as I can say it. Okay. Um. See y'all on Sunday night. Well, I really deal with this this enemy, uh, white supremacy, in a way that I guarantee you never heard. The Father give it to me in a way I guarantee you never heard. Because I don't think it's a people. I think it's a philosophy, and I think anybody can believe it. And I think whites actually isn't white supremacists. Most of them, they know better. You can't be supremacist unless you really believe it. I think they're liars, deceivers, and that's their that's their crime. The crime of white supremacists is really done by black people and foreigners that don't know white people, their fears, their insecurities, and so they believe they are actually superior. Whites know better. How can, how can you be superior if you know better? You, you look in the mirror every day. <laughs> so unless you're really ignorant, there are some very ignorant whites that lied to about history, and they just don't have what it takes to think, you know. Um, so unless you're one of those people, you will probably know better, okay? So anyway... Folks, good night. What a show tonight. What a show tonight. Um, folks, he will deliver us if we trust in him. Good night. Again, I love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs>